Welcome to Bollywood is for Lovers, part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. I'm Aaron Fraser. And I'm Matt Bowes. In this episode, we're recapping and reviewing notable films from the first half of 2019. How did we feel when we saw Ekladki Kodeka to Aisa Laga? Did Kalank live up to the hype? Does Vidya Jamal save all the elephants in Jungly? And do we think Kabir Singh is a troubled anti-hero or a misogynist abuser? All this and more as we take a look at the year so far. Before we begin, we'd like to respectfully acknowledge that we record this podcast on Treaty 6 territory, traditional lands of First Nations and Métis people. Matt! Yes? It is our mid-year review episode. Yep. We have reached the point in the year where we are more than halfway through. And We're looking down the barrel of winter again. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. That makes me want to barf. <laughs> <laughs> and it's time to look back at, uh, at, the, at the movies that have been released so far. So we're going to be covering uh, January to June. Uh, so we're not going to be talking about Super 30 or anything that's come out in July. Because we'll I haven't seen it. <laughs> yeah, we'll discuss that at the not end a clue. of the year. Uh, now last year we didn't do this episode. Instead we just did an annual wrap up where we discussed everything from the past 12 months terrible idea it was <laughs> very long and hard to do yeah we we were we were kind of we weren't able to do the mid year episode last year but this year we're bringing back you know doing one in the middle of the year and then one at the end of the year let so. us know if you like this <laughs> i don't know so we have 20 films to discuss we're going to go 5 minutes per film mat okay <laughs> let me get my stopwatch hold on <laughs> okay Okay, stopwatch. Got it. Uh, you can right. probably hear it. No, you can't. I can't, I can't hear anything. Okay, it is in my hand. It's real. Uh, these are some of my favorite episodes to to record. Uh, they're rather like it takes a lot of work to uh, to put them together because we yeah, have, you have to watch, watch twenty movies. All these movies, but I love recording them because uh, it's 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 rapid fire and. I like the fact that I can just, I don't have to think too deeply about my reaction to a film or what I think about it. You just tell you what I think and move on. We're also probably going to talk shit about Kabir Singh for about 15 minutes. That is my guess. I don't think it's going to take that long. Uh, I don't know. i got some gripes. Uh, so I've seen all 20 films we're going to discuss. You've seen half of them. You've seen 10. Yeah. Uh, so I get, I get to tell you about the ones that you have missed out on. You get to tell me about the first two. Yes. Yes. So uh, I guess we're ready to get into it. Though... I do want to give a bit of a disclaimer. Mm -hmm. uh, Maybe some slight spoilers? May, yeah, yeah. Um, we'll try not to. More so I want to give a content warning. Oh, right, uh, yeah. Kabir Singh is discussed in this episode, and it has all the content. Yeah, some of these films um, deal with some difficult immature subject matter. Like nationalism. Yeah, Definitely. yeah. Uh, but probably most notably uh, sexual violence and domestic abuse. So uh, films yes. like... Sancheria and Article 15 and Kabir saying it is impossible to avoid discussing these things. Um, of course, we will try and our best to discuss them respectfully. Mm -hmm. uh, we so, always do. You know, if, if those if those topics are something you would rather avoid, uh, I encourage you to to skip over the discussions of those films. Uh, but I think those are... Just those skip are forward three. five minutes. We'll be on to the next one. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. All right. I think we're ready to get into it. Okay. Three, two, one... Hack. So, first film of the year is Yuri the Surgical Strike. It came out in January, and at this point, it's still the highest grossing film of 2019. That's crazy, really. Yeah. Huh, Kabir Singh is not that far. Well, it's only been in theaters for a little while, but like, 
You already did that well, huh? Yeah, it's not that far behind. Uh, Yuri the Surgical Strike, current as of recording, has made uh, 342.06 crore, 49 million. You know, and Caviar Singh has made 339.25, also 49 million. In the course of so, a month, so that's pretty solid. Whereas yeah. Yuri's had a whole half a year. Does this mean that Vicky Kosherl is like a huge star now? I hope so. I hope so. So, Yuri the Surgical Strike came out on January 11th. It's directed by Aditya Dar, and it stars Vicky Koshal. It's about the retaliation of the 2016 Yuri attack, which, from what I understand, is an event that both Pakistan and the United Nations say didn't happen. (laughs) Yeah, it's really murky. I remember when all that happened, and... It was really tough to tell on Twitter what was going on, especially yeah. when you don't speak the language. But, yeah, it, it's it's still a matter of some dispute all around. Mm-hmm. But India went in there and uh, had a retaliatory attack, huh? Yes. So after... So, so the plot concerns uh, an attack on Indian soil by Pakistani terrorists. And... And the film chronicles kind of the impact of that and then the, the retaliation where Indian soldiers go into to Pakistan to seek revenge. And mm-hmm. yeah, I, I think that's the best way to describe it without getting too much into details. Um, do they do a whole spiel like in Baby when they say, well, the U.S. would go into Pakistan to kill Osama bin Laden. Why can't we? I don't. I don't remember. Mm. <laughs> I don't remember. Uh, unfortunately, I'm trying to remember, you know, like... The film's not fresh in my mind as I saw it in January. Okay, well, uh, you got two minutes left. Did you like it? <laughs> Vicky Kosho plays uh, a member of the Indian Air Force. Uh, and so uh, the film is kind of centered around how he feels about everything. He uh, lost some family in the attack. Of course. And he's also dealing with um, dealing with a, a mother who has dementia. Hmm. Uh, so... How do, how do I explain my reaction to this film? You have two minutes, so you better get on it. Okay, you're not going to be doing this the whole thing, are you? Yeah, I am. I'm going to keep us on schedule. Okay. Uh, but it's one that only you have seen, for sure. Yeah. Okay, yeah. go. Keep going. So, the film is rather... Jingoistic? <laughs> yeah. The, yeah, the word I want is jingoistic. Uh, so, I think, you know, here in Canada, we don't take a lot of kind of national pride in our military. It's not to say that we don't respect them. It's not to say that, you know, um, you know, we don't treat them well, but we don't have that same kind of nationalist sentiment in our armed forces. The that, conservatives do want to try and make that more of Canadian culture, but I don't know if it's quite stuck you know, yet. We don't have like a for our troops kind of Mentality because our troops are not always at war all the time. They're generally out peacekeeping. Yes, and and I will say that we are fortunate in that there are, there are no disputes um, at our borders. And so you know, for now, yeah, for now, you know, <laughs> we live in a relatively peaceful country. So this kind of um, when I come across films, um, and and you see this a lot with a lot of Hollywood movies, a lot of movies about um, Ameri- the American military. I I have a hard time connecting with that sentiment uh so while you know and and that's not that's not the same as you know kind of like sports movies you know like like an indian sports movie you know when they're like winning you know winning for india winning gold for india like i can get on board with that but when it's (laughs) 
when it's about the mil when it's about the military and it's about war and it's depicting real events, I think I have a harder a harder time getting on board. But I also fully admit that I'm Canadian and I don't have a connection to these events. Good. Fifteen seconds. Uh, so, you know, I'm I'm happy that Vicky Koshal has a hit. Yeah. He deserves it. Uh, but the movie. The movie didn't do much for me. I think again, like it's very much about that nationalist sentiment. Yeah, not for Time. me. All Time. right, five minutes. Nice. <laughs> so now we're going to go in to Manakarnika, the Queen of Jhansi, uh, which is also rather net, like has a big kind of nationalist sentiment. So I know a little bit about this because I read a novel about it. Mm-hmm. It's a Flashman novel. Uh, he's someone that I think they could make a movie of and I think Tom Hardy would do a good job of it but it's so drenched in irony and kind of taking the piss out of Victorian ideals Mm -hmm. that it could never happen now too many people would take it literally but this is a literal take on Rani the Queen of Jhansi right? Yes so it stars Kangana Ranawit who also helped co-direct the film (laughs) helped supposedly she just took it over right? Uh, Yes in her inimitable style yes uh, the other director is Radha Krishna Jagar Lamudi. And the film uh, depicts uh, Rani, Rani Lakshmi Bai, who was a um, figure in the Indian Rebellion of 1857, and she resisted um, the British Raj. Kind of a badass uh, heroine of history. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd been anticipating this film for a while. I was really looking forward to it. But unfortunately, unfortunately, I, I, I didn't really like it. Special effects look bad. I think, yeah, I think the special effects are poorly done. I found it was poorly paced. And it just, I just really thought it was a missed opportunity. Yeah. Like, you know, I like a big kind of historical epic. And your Lagans. Or... Your Lagans. And I, I like movies that kind of stick it to colonialism. Yeah. You know. Slugs of Hindustan. Yeah, arguably. <laughs> arguably. So I I had kind of high hopes going into this. And yeah, I was just, I was really surprised at how disappointed I was. Well, when the star takes over as director halfway through, it might lead to a drop in quality, possibly. I don't think she's directed anything, really. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. She's, and I, an, she's an actress, and it seems like she kind of takes over the promotion by just Saying and doing outrageous things. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to go in too much to the Kangana Ranawit drama because I don't even really understand what's going on. Um, but she's as an actress, I've quite liked her in a lot of films. Yeah. Um, you know, Ra- Rangoon, which you she's know, great. Didn't do that well, but I thought she was great in an obviously queen and yeah, etc. But yeah, I just like I said, it's been a while since I saw the film, but it didn't it Chris didn't impress three. me, and I thought it was a really missed opportunity it's no Krish 3 where she played a manimal who was a chameleon lady yeah yeah so unfortunately the, you know these these two films based on real life events um didn't do much for me but well she's she's close enough to recent history mm-hmm. that it's not like a Padmavat situation when no one really knows what happened yeah there uh, there's actual reports of this happening yeah. so it, it should be, admittedly, a little bit easier and a little less um, controversial to make a movie about her. But Well, and I didn't... And it, it didn't seem like it made a big controversy apart from she's in another movie. Yeah, and I mean, like, I didn't really care how realistic it was mm-hmm. or how true to history it was. It looked violent. That's cool. Uh, I just... 
I just wanted like a fun, like a fun kind of war epic with a woman at the center of it. Yeah. Um, and while it is that, it's just not, it's not very well done. And I found long stretches of it were actually rather dull. And the special effects are terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Were the fight scenes any good? No. Huh. No, no. Okay, time. Um, nice. But that brings us to our next film, the first one that you saw, Matt. Okay. Starting the clock. Bam. <laughs> Uh, so, Eklaki Kodeka to Isalaga, uh, directed by Shelley Chopra Dar, features Anil Kapoor, Sonam Kapoor, Julie Chala, and Rajkumar Rao. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was a big favorite among our fans on Facebook and Twitter. Mm-hmm. Everyone said they really liked it. Uh, I caught up with it on Netflix about two, three weeks ago. And I gotta say, you know, it's very enjoyable. Um, I wouldn't say it's a cinematic revelation, apart from the fact that it features a, um, like a gay couple. Like that's the yeah. main that's the main thing with this movie, right? And also, it's kind of a gay love story that is not like drenched in tragedy. Yeah, yeah. I this film has really grown on me. Uh, I really admire and support what the film represents. Mm-hmm. And as kind of more people have talked about um, their reactions to the film. Um, you know, some, some friends of ours that we have in real life, and then also Manish Mathur, a uh, friend of the show and fellow podcaster. Who we also know in real life. It's just he's yeah. in New York. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he wrote a great article about um, about the film and kind of, you know, kind of feeling like Hindi cinema saw him and also how much he loves Anil, Anil Kapoor. Kapoor. As hope, do we all, yeah. I hope I'm doing a, a decent job paraphrasing your article. Manish. You're on the clock, too. We so, will yeah. put it in the notes. Yeah. Um, I, I do really appreciate this film. And I think Anil Kapoor and Julie Chawla give, give gr- a fantastic performances. I want a rom-com of them. Yeah, like, they're super yesterday. cute together. Like, and, and I want a rom-com of them at this age. Yeah. Um, they're so cute together. So the story is that Rajkumar Rao um, is a theater director who's kind of gone mm-hmm. bust. He meets Sonam Kapoor and goes to her hometown to put on a play which she uses in kind of Hamlet style. Well, he as goes a, to her hometown because he's in love with he's her. He's in love with her, and then he realizes later on that she's not into him. <laughs> no. Uh, but she's using this play kind of Hamlet style to convince her father that, yes, her feelings are real. Is she using it, or is Raj Kumar Rao using it? I mean, they, you know, it's kind of up in the air. They're both... He's trying to help her. But he's trying to help her out, play, but, like, yeah. she, she, like... There's a scene in the play where she's, like, trapped in a glass box saying, Dad, let me out. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's... It's not subtle, but... Be- because she is a lesbian. Yeah, her character needs to get it through to her dad that, yeah, she's just not into guys. Yeah, yeah. So I, I do like how the film, that play that play structure, I think, is interesting because it addresses, you know, kind of... Um, it addresses the audience that is going to dismiss this film, that is going yes. to criticize this film. Yeah, because for... people in the audience of the play, a lot of them do not like it. And get yeah, up and leave. and so I like how how it's confronting that. Yeah. You know, it's th- this film wants to confront homophobia, and and I admire that. I just I wish it was better done. I I think I hate to say it. I think Sonal Kapoor is a bit of a weak link for me. I I did not think her performance was that compelling. She's better when she's playing like a real historical person, like, like in Mirja, yeah. or I think when she's having like super fun, like in Verdi Wedding. Yeah, or Aisha. Or Aisha. I haven't seen Aisha. Yeah. But, like, she... I don't know if her range is great for, like, romance. 
She was decent in Coopsarod, but also that's kind of like a Disney movie. I thought it was decent. I liked Neil Kapoor's outfits a lot. He looked great. Excellent beard work by Mr. Kapoor. Um, and yeah, the fact that it exists is kind of a little triumph in itself, and I'm happy for that. Mm-hmm. But you know, I'm probably not going to watch it again. It's a very sweet film, and I, yeah. I do recommend that people that people watch it. It's very charming. Discuss it. It's very yeah. charming. Uh, I'll also cool. say that we've been. It's been a request that we do an episode on Anil Kapoor, and it is coming Don't down worry. the pipeline very shortly. <laughs> yeah, I've been I've been watching '80s uh, Anil Kapoor movies, and I'm ready. Okay, yeah. time. Bam. Next. Gully Boy. Okay, so Gully Boy is easy. We talked about it for like an hour. <laughs> yeah. Uh, go look at that episode. Uh, it's still my favorite movie, regardless of national origin, for the whole year. It rules. Love Gully Boy. Uh, yeah, we, we did an episode discussing it. Uh, we've seen it more than once. Cause we we've watched sh- it like three times now. We showed it to your brother. <laughs> yeah. And I forgot who else. But like, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. Still holds up. Um, beautiful photography. Uh, yeah. Right, you're saying amazing at acting. What? <laughs> it's directed by Zoya Akhtar, uh, and Ramveer Singh plays a uh, aspiring rapper who Ali lives Ab- oh. in the slums of Mumbai. Yeah, uh, and it's yeah, it's about his journey of uh, finding his voice and kind of taking charge of opportunities that come his way in life, despite um, what those around him say he can't achieve. And yes, Ali Abbott plays his girlfriend, who is. Super feisty. Ever. I bought a little bit against type, I think. She's yeah. generally not the Spitfire type. She gets a little bit of that in Uta Punjab after, you know, being horribly abused for <laughs> weeks. She gets spunky, but in this one, she's feisty right off the hop. It rules. Next movie. Yeah. Uh, our next film is Total Damal. Oh, boy. It's directed by Indra Kumar, and it stars Ajay Devgan, Madhuri Dixit, Arshad Warsi, Javi Jeffrey, Anil Kapoor, Ritesh Dushmak, and Sanjay Mishra. Um, it's the third in a series. From what I understand, the title means total fun. I haven't seen the previous films in the series. Was it totally Sorry. fun, though? I haven't seen the previous films in the series. Uh, it was... Was it totally fun? Yeah. Uh, it was okay. It was it's adequate fun? Adequate fun, sure. The best way to describe the plot of the film is it's kind of like a... Like, it's a mad, 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 mad... How many mads are there? Four. World. <laughs> yeah. Um, so there's... Or um, rat race, too. Yeah, or rat race. Uh, so there's some money hidden in, I believe, a zoo, and a bunch of different groups of people uh, all kind of find out about the money through a series of events, uh, and then they all kind of try to get to it before anyone else does. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's it's a madcap comedy. Lots of stuff happens. Madhuri Dixit looks great, and I think the best parts are the relationship between her and Anil Kapoor. Although, Anil Kapoor is, like, really mean to her in it. Huh. Um, but she looks great. It is totally forgettable. It's one of those movies that just, I think, like, totally goes over my head um, because I don't get the jokes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, all, that's always a difficulty with us in Hindi comedies. Yeah, it's one of the places where I think, like, cultural context really Does anyone get hit in the balls, though? Oh, I'm sure. I that is always fun. Everyone loves that. I so, don't remember. You know um, that that comes across all cultures. Yeah, I would just watch Madhuri um, Dixit in the the dance numbers online. Though, I mean, she doesn't dance as much as she does in, a, in another film we're going to discuss. Uh, she didn't even dance that much in that one. If it's the one I'm thinking of, uh, Sakshi Sinha has an item number, which was fun. Oh, that's interesting. She yeah, really, it was. She doesn't do those that often. I think she she does them from time to time. Okay, time. All right. Look at Chupi. I've seen this movie. 
so Look at Chupi, directed by Lakshman Utakar, features Kartik Aryan, Kriti Sanan, and uh, Apar Shakti Kurana. Um, and Pekas Tripathi. Yeah, and Pekas Tripathi and Vinay Pathak. But Apar Shakti Kurana is uh, Ayushman's brother, right? Yeah, I yeah. love him. He's good. Yeah, I always I love him. I love him so much. He's so fun here, too. Pekas Tripathi is excre- extremely uh, <laughs> sleazy in this movie, and this might be my favorite mode of Pekas Tripathi <laughs> as, a, as just a sleazy hornball. He's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, so this movie is about the... Uh, the dread of being a live-in couple. Something I know literally nothing about, having not lived with you for like eight years now. <laughs> oh, longer. Yeah. So, um, Kartagarian and uh, Kriti Sanan are uh, two newscasters mm-hmm. in kind of a small-town news division, and her dad is the head of this political party that wants to abolish uh, live-in relationships, so yeah. people living together without being married. They actually fall for each other very quickly, which I kind of liked, like... It was maybe 20 minutes, and they're all in on each other. And um, Kriti Sanon, after hearing so much about live-ins from her father, (laughs) thinks, I should try that with my new boyfriend. So they do, and it works pretty well. They have to pretend they're married, and to get around, to get away from a, you know, a snoopy auntie who comes by, and they make a bunch of wedding photos and stuff. But the real meat of this movie comes when uh, Kartikarian's family shows up and says, hey, you didn't tell us you got married. And then it kind of devolves into a crazy <laughs> comedy where I think they get married or almost get married about four or five times. Yeah. And it's charming, but I don't know if I'll ever think about it again. I, I mean, I liked it. I, I, Kriti Sen and I love. She's great. Yeah, she's great. Kartik Aryan is fine. I don't really get... I, I don't get the appeal of Kartik Aryan. Um, He's in the Love Ranjan film. Yeah, right? which I do not like at all. Uh, we'll see. We'll see if the he's working on something interesting at the moment. Um, I don't remember what it is. I believe it's opposite um, Sarah Ali Khan. Hmm. So I'll be interested to see that project. Oh, it's, I think it's an MTS Ali film. Oh, cool. Um, so I'll be interested to see that. But yeah, don't get him. He kind of reminds me of Adam Scott a little. Oh, just kind of like definitely. A, just like a handsome guy who's supposed to be funny. Definitely. Uh, but Chrissy Sanon, I really enjoy. I think she's really charming. Upper Shakti Karana, I absolutely adore. He's, He's like great. becoming easily one of my favorite character actors. Yeah, he, he always brings uh, kind of a fun, like, just about to cry sort of yeah. feeling to, like, a guy around. This is one of those Bollywood rom-coms that, like, I think does a good job of kind of addressing, like, a contemporary social issue. Yeah. You know, the idea of, like, you know, Moving in, with live someone, in living, relationships. Yeah, living with someone before you're married. I should put uh, like thunder rolling as soon as I say that. <laughs> live in relationships, and then put, <sighs> and then like finds like some comedic thread to kind of go down, and then kind of you know this couple trying to figure out how to actually get married when everyone thinks they're married. Uh, it's it's forgettable. It's light. It's frothy, but it's yeah. fun. Like, I, I do like enjoyable. the fact that his older brothers haven't gotten married yet, and they just get so mad every time he's trying to get married again. And also the idea of someone being addicted to getting married is hilarious. Yeah, I think it was Kimberly Tully who was saying, like, hopefully it's a sign of, like, better things to come. Like, this rom-com can tide us over to, like, the better ones come in the second half of the year. And Until we I, get another Ben Baja Barat or something. Yeah, I agree with that sentiment. I, yeah. I enjoyed it, but, yeah, I won't think about it much. Further. Good. Time. Okay, Sancheria. 
I've seen this movie as well. Abhishek Chobi uh, features Sushan Singh Rajput, Bhumi Pendekar, Menaj Bajpayee, Ranveer Shori, and Ashutosh Rana. Stacked cast. Yeah. Uh, this is my second favorite movie of the entire year, regardless of national origin. I yeah. think this movie rules, and it's a... It's a real shame that it's not available anywhere right now. I don't think it's on any of the streaming platforms. And it was in theaters for like a week. Like, I got lucky. Yeah, yuck. Because what happened was, you know, there was there was kind of some talk about it. Um, and our pal Suchin, yep. uh, who's been on the show before, uh, he was really drawing attention to it. And so on, on like on the Thursday before, you know, the, the film times change, I looked it up and noticed that it was yeah. no longer going to be playing on Friday. So you and I ran out to the theater to see it. And I'll say that this, well is, worth this is effort. a three-hour round trip for two people that don't have cars. So yeah. when we say we went to the theater to see it, this is actually kind of difficult. Yeah, yeah. And it, it was well worth it. This is one of my favorite movies of the year so far. You know, I've, I've seen some people say, like, oh, it's it's been a slow start to the year. Like, there hasn't, like... It's, it's been disappointing so far in Bollywood, but between Gully Boy and Sancheria and a couple other films that we'll get to, I don't really feel it. Like, it's like you know, a, and, I, and yeah. I'd also put um, Ekladki in there as well. Like, Pretty solid films, yeah. Yeah, there's some, some solid and interesting stuff that's come out this, this year, and this, this film deserves to be more widely seen. It was not yeah. one that was being consistently mentioned um, by our listeners well this should have been at film festivals like this is a total film festival movie yeah yeah so when we asked our listeners you know what their favorites are sorry this one was not coming i don't think anyone said it no a a couple people did and i just don't think it's because anyone saw it yeah it's it's kind of like a sergio leone western with a bit of peter weir too it's i wouldn't say it's absurd you know it reminded me more of um michael mann not michael mann sorry it reminded me more of like anthony mann yeah, oh, I could see that. Yeah. But it's it takes place during the emergency, and the main characters are a group of uh, Dakowitz who are trying to rob people and get away from the cops. Uh, they run into Bumi Pednikar after a particularly violent um, shootout, and they realize that they should probably help her out because she's dealing with a pretty bad problem. Yeah, she has a child with her who's been sexually assaulted. Um, yeah. Like, I believe the, the girl is 12 years old, Yeah, and she... She's trying to get help to get to a hospital. And yeah, this, this kid Rajput, is like bleeding out the entire movie. Yeah, and Sajat Singh Rajput, who is a criminal and a bad guy, helps her. Yeah. And so this this film, it's so it's so beautifully done. I, I yeah. think at some point we will have to do an episode um, where we discuss it more in detail when yeah. it's available. Um, hopefully on streaming, or we can get a DVD of it. There's a repeated image of a um, like a. I guess a tribal girl, maybe, like with this uh, really distinctive haircut and these really, really sad eyes. And she kind of like hallucinates in front of uh, all of the main, um, the main Dakowitz over the course of the movie, like right as they're about to make a big, like climactic decision. And then eventually when you find out who she is and what she means to all those guys, it's like really gripping. Yeah. The, the script is incredible. The, the cinematography is absolutely gorgeous. And, and, and the themes, because it's not black and white. Like this girl, you know, helping helping this girl to a certain extent is a way for Sajant Singh Rajput to redeem himself. But that's not. I don't think the film is about redemption. I think it's more about humanity. Yeah, it's. Um, I would also say Peck and Paw. It's very wild, don't you? Oh yeah, I was thinking Peck and Paw. The well. violence, like there's lots yeah. of gunfights and they're pretty brutal. So if you don't like that stuff, maybe not. But if you like. Like a really engaging, you know, Michael Mann as well. The 
the ferocity of the fighting. Mm-hmm. It is like a Michael Mann movie yeah, because that shootout. because totally. the well, like the guns are really loud yeah. and they're not like you know it's not like Race Three or something where someone's going guns akimbo and shooting yeah. guys like crazy like you're you're counting each bullet because it's you know it's do or die each time and it's great. I have goosebumps on my arm just just discussing this film again. I loved it so much. Yeah, great um, time. I do want to say that there is a character in the film who I think is supposed to be like the Bandit Queen. Yeah, um, from a- the movie Bandit Queen and also from Life. <laughs> and from Life. Uh, a film that we still haven't had the opportunity to see. I'm always looking for a legal way to watch that film. And I'd love, I would love to be able to compare these two films because this is a film where Sancheria, uh, where I think it's, it's feminism uh, is, surprises you because it's, yes. it's about a group of men and, and very much about masculinity in many parts. But it's also like deeply human, and I think the way that and and she doesn't have the same name, but the way that the Bandit Queen kind of factors into things and the whole mission of the film, like I just yeah, I found it incredibly moving. Yeah, it rules. Um, I would like to buy it on Blu-ray when it becomes available, just because um, I'd like to watch it again and again. Yeah, our next film we've done yeah. an episode on. It is Budla, directed by Sujoy Ghosh. Uh, starring Amitabh Bachchan and Tapsi Panu. This is a remake of a Spanish film. And the, the plot... The Invisible Guest, I think it was? <laughs> I think so. Something like that. Um, the plot concerns uh, uh, an interview between Amitabh Bachchan and Tapsi Panu. Amitabh Bachchan yeah. plays a lawyer, and Tapsi Panu plays a woman accused of murdering her lover. Uh, like I said, we've done an episode on this. Um, I think this film thinks it's more clever than it is. Yeah, it's a gentleman's six at best. Sujoy Ghosh did Kahani. You can't which... see it, but Aaron is doing kind of like an Arsenio Hall, like whoop, 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 with her hand as she talks. I love that movie. And I, you know, I thought the, the twist in that movie was like genuinely surprising. Yep. And I thought it was so much fun. And I love Topsy Panu. And I thought like pairing her up again with Amitabh Bachchan again after Pink, like, oh, this is going to be great. And I mean, I liked it. There's but... some surprising twists. I'll give it that. But yeah, you know... I will say the twist was fun. Yeah, but I did, I did, I did figure it out, which is okay. Yeah, you know, at it least gives the you all the clues. It, um, you know, you could find it, Mister Policeman. <laughs> but I think, I think, and we discussed this in our episode on it. There's just so many stupid plot holes that just got really annoying. Yes, and also hyper competent villagers in Scotland. Yes, yes. All right. Um, now we have Kasari. I haven't seen this, but I do want to. Yeah. This is directed by Anirag Singh, and it stars Akshay Kumar, and mostly just Akshay Kumar. And Pariniti Chopra a little bit. Uh, Pariniti Chopra, that is a glorified cameo. Uh, It is based on a real event, um, the Battle of Saragari, uh, which was between the um, British Indian Army and the Pashtun tribesmen in what year? 1897. Oh, 1897. Okay, yeah. so long after the Sepoy Rebellion. Yes. Actually, Kumar is a soldier in the 36 Sikhs of the British Indian Army, and it's about how these 21 soldiers held off a group of 6,000 to 10,000 um, tribesmen. Uh, so it's it's this heroic last stand thing. As I read off of Wikipedia... It looked kind of cool. Uh, it is cool. You know what? Like... I do want to catch it. It's just I've been watching everything else to lead up till today. Yeah. Of all the um, kind of uh, real life war movies um, that I've seen so far this year, this is probably my favorite. Uh, Akshay Kumar has this giant um, chakram, right? Chakram, yeah, around his turban and like 
the rest of the soldiers do, which I just thought looked so badass. Do they cut cool. guys' heads off with them? Um, they use them. Cool. They use them. The violence in this is intense and gory. Like I, I was genuinely shocked at how far they like Mirzapur gory. Um, I mean, there's no sexual violence, but no, but like guts, dismemberments. Because it, it had there's a the, lot of blood. Mirzapur had quite a bit of detail that uh, lots of Hindi projects don't have. Yeah, there's a lot of blood and a lot of like oh. A lot of sword, sword stabbing and using the chakrams. Um, I, you know, I will say there's elements of this that I wasn't crazy about, like Pariniti Chopra's, the way she factors into it. Let me guess, um, let me guess. Akshay Kumar falls in love with a local girl and then thinks about her right before he has to go into battle. And then he, like, he kind of reflects back on it and there's like a dance sequence. Kind of. She only really exists in flashbacks in his imagination. Yeah, like, of course. She doesn't really factor into it. She's not shooting guys. Um, but I think, you know, I, I don't know how accurate this is to the real events, um, but I I did really enjoy this. Like, I mean, a group of badass uh, Sikhs, that sounds like a pretty sweet movie. Yeah, it's, it's super violent, um, and I think the first half really drags, but when it gets to the standoff, it... It really, it really becomes very exciting, and they do a good job of kind of, um, you know, filling out these twenty-one men with, uh, you know, characters. Backstories, yeah. Yeah, well, characters that you care about, and you kind of understand yeah. who everyone is, and it's just, yeah. I and I felt like the, the tension and the stakes during the battle, you know, like you really understood. You really understood them. You understood the geography. Mm-hmm. You understand kind of. They're like on a risk. cliff, aren't they? Um. Kind of, yeah. They're they're like they're trying to protect a fort. Yeah. So yeah, it's. I think if you're interested in like, you know, Sikh history, or you want to see like a really um, interesting war film, maybe like, we should do an episode on like, like battles. Maybe we should do an episode it. on like uh, Sikh military units because it feels like there's lots of movies about heroic last stands yeah. by you know British Army Sikh guys. Yeah. That could be cool. And I think I think this film, uh, you know, is is of interest to a lot of um, Canadian Sikhs. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. I I liked this one, and and you know, and it, it certainly has kind of a, a nationalist sentiment as as the other ones do. But here, I guess I just felt like that nationalist sentiment was more palatable. Well, is it is it because they're not? Because you've seen a lot of movies where like. Punjabi films that are celebrating the assassination of Indira Gandhi, for instance, where, yes. I mean, this is kind of stakes that are like... Propaganda films. Yeah. I've seen a lot of you, You've seen propaganda films, propaganda films, whereas this one's just kind of like a pan-Indian propaganda film about how they're better than uh, Pashtuns <laughs> and how they're badasses? Uh, I guess, but again, like, it's about, it's about a real thing that happened. Yeah. You know, and... And yeah, these guys, I don't know. I believe these guys were badass. <laughs> oh, I, I think... I, but I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't call this propaganda, personally. So it's not even like India stopped this one. It's more like these 21 badasses did. Yeah. Okay, interesting. Yeah, I, I still want to see it. I'll, I'll try and get to it in the next couple of months. But that might be an interesting uh, episode because there are lots of really highly decorated Sikh military units. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure there's lots of movies about them. So mm-hmm. maybe we'll do that. I don't want to give the impression that I don't like war movies or movies about the military. I do. You generally do. You're you're just a little bit more sensitive to whether or not they're propagandizing events. Yeah. And, and so, like, I think the jingoism of, of 
Yuri, which I I've heard Indian critics say that as well. Yeah. Um, or something like Phantom, which is imagining like, wouldn't it be great if we killed all these terrorists? Yeah, that yeah the the kind of the the revenge aspect um, of of those films um, doesn't sit well with me. Okay, time. Um, our next film is not a Bollywood film. But okay, yeah. We saw it, and we think there's probably a lot of interest in it. We also took your parents to this movie, and talk about a stressful experience. <laughs> uh, not yeah. them, the movie. Yeah. So we thought we thought we'd briefly discuss it. Oh, so Hotel Mumbai, um, directed by Anthony Maris, and uh, it's inspired by a documentary called Surviving Mumbai, and it's about the uh, attacks in 2008 at the Taj Hotel. Mm-hmm. Stars Dev Patel, Army Hammer. Uh, Anna Pumkar, Jason Isaacs, and a bunch of other people. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's, it's very, primarily in English. It's primarily in English, and it's kind of like and it's not it's not an Indian film. It's yeah. like an Australian co-production. co-production. Yeah. It's a it's a lot like one of those sort of epic disaster movies you would see, like Earthquake or Airport or something, where there's a lot of different people at an event, and then you mm-hmm. follow them all along. Uh, Dev Patel's probably the main character. Yeah, and Anupam Kerr, he's the only character who's, like, there's a direct correlation to yeah. like a real-life person. Yeah, the rest are all kind of made up. Um, but it's it's about the attacks. Uh, Dev Patel plays a waiter at the Taj, at one of the restaurants. Mm-hmm. And um, Army Hammer and his wife are rich people who are there for... Um, I think his wife really likes the hotel, and they go there all the time, and they've got a baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jason Isaacs is a sort of sinister Russian guy who turns out to be actually kind of cool. Hmm. Um, and yeah, it's following the horrific events of what happened. And, you know, I'm I'm generally not someone to throw trigger warnings out for things, but if you've suffered any sort of, like, gun-related violence, Jesus Christ, do not watch this movie. It's... Very, 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 very tense. It, yeah, it's extremely tense, and and really, it's really hard to watch. It's really yeah. Upsetting. I don't think I'll watch it again. It's it. I'm glad that I did watch it, but it's not an entertainment. It's yeah. it's more of maybe showing Western people something that happened. I'd say. Yeah, that's the impression that I get. Like that, this movie is made um, so that <laughs> Western, you know, a Western audience um, can know about or maybe understand uh, this event. We did toy around the idea of doing an episode discussing it and and Ram Gopal Varma's 2611, um, but I think ultimately decided that... We also don't know enough about it ourselves to have any, like, inkling as to which one is more, um, you know, true to history. Yeah, and that, that was part of the issue is, you know, like... Being, you know, we're already outsiders to to this film industry, and you know, we understand that, and and outsiders to this culture, and just yeah, the the idea of doing an episode about the twenty six eleven attacks, I think, and and the and the two films that depict depict them, I think, um, while we might have had the best of intentions, I don't think we could have done it justice, and so yeah. we decided to not do it. Though I would still like to see the Ram Gopal Varma version to compare the Indian perspective. Yeah. Um, because this like is a I lot said, of white people acting heroic in the yeah, course of these events. So. I don't feel like this movie is made for an Indian audience. I think no. it's made for an audience like my parents who did enjoy it. Like they were, you know, my they were talking about it afterwards and like oh. really interested in learning more. So you know, mission accomplished. I yeah, guess. yeah. You know, I, I say there was enjoy, but like it's it, it's gripping and, it, and it's yeah. well done and it's really upsetting. Um, one of the things that I liked about it is that it doesn't. 
doesn't, it doesn't explain these guys at all. It doesn't explain them at all, but it also doesn't villainize these terrorists. Like, yeah. I wouldn't say that it softens them. Um, they're clearly bad guys. But in the film, they are shown as boys who've been radicalized. Yeah, you don't really find out how, but they're kind of getting their orders over the phone. Yeah. And His name was Bull. Yeah, and it's like Brother Bull says, you know, we got to do this, we got to do this, start throwing people out the windows, you got to start doing this. And, like, it gets very, very intense. But we're n- we don't really have any of them that we sympathize with at all. No. And that's probably, to this film's betterment, because it, you wouldn't want to make it more complicated, but it also kind of makes them, like, an implacable force of, you know, terrorists. Mm-hmm. They're not stereotypical mustache twirling guys, but no. they're more like the Terminator or something. Yeah, and and they're there's there's empathy. There is empathy, I think, for every person in this film, and and I think the, maybe one of the one of the gunmen. Yeah, I again, I think I think I think it takes an interesting approach with the gunmen in that, like again, like you say, they're not mustache twirling. They're implacable. But foes. there is there's a central tragedy of all of these people getting caught up in this violence. Yes. Yeah. It's I don't know. It's an interesting film. I would be I would be curious to see what your parents think of Black Friday. Yeah. Because that would be like kind of the natural extension, and even just trying to explain how you know events like this happen. Hotel Mumbai doesn't try to explain. It's just here's kind of a journalistic depiction of what happened. Whereas Black Friday really expands and shows, not the same event, obviously, Mm -hmm. but like how an attack like this was planned and what the response would have been. The craziest thing in the movie is that they don't have a SWAT team. Yeah. And they have to wait for one to drive across the country, basically, and get there. Yeah, they come from Delhi. Which is nuts. And I'm sure they have one now, but... Like that, you would think they would have one after Black Friday. Yeah, it. Uh, they might have gone into a little bit more detail as to why, like, there isn't an active like mm-hmm. team on site in a, one of the world's biggest and most important cities for something like that. Because it, it's kind of crazy. But there's a sense of chaos in the film. You know, the, yes. the people who who are stuck in the Taj, they don't understand why this is going on. Or what's no, happening. no one understands the ideology. Yeah. So you know, the film's goal is not to explain the ideology, but to put you in the place of these events and understand the human loss and the the heroism of everyone at the Taj and some of the guests I I did like that that like the film does you know it's very clear that these uh these people in the service industry are very heroic there's a very awkward scene when uh, an old lady's like why do you wear that turban the worst scene it's like Shut up. <laughs> There's I, bigger stuff to talk about I right now. I also really like that the film doesn't look down upon um, the the people, the, the workers who, who leave, who don't stay yeah. to protect the guests. It doesn't look down. No, they're not cowardice. They're not shown as being cowards at all. It's so, more yeah. just like, hey, you got family at home. Go home. I know there's some controversy about this film. It was supposed to be picked up by Netflix in South Asia, and now um, Netflix has said they're not going to be putting it out, and there is... Um, some dispute over ownership. It might be hard to find it, I guess, if you're um, in the East. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I I will be interested to compare this to the Ram Gopal Varma one uh, when we see it. I've just I've heard that the Ram Gopal Varma one is pretty harrowing. Yeah, this was pretty harrowing. Well, this is a great movie that I'll never watch again. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cool. So yeah, there's a contractual dispute with. Um, 
with an Indian distributor. So. And that's time. We've got a song lined up from Mark Kodard Naho Hota. Which is called... the next film we'll be discussing. Yeah, and spoiler alert, it rules. Uh, <laughs> the song is called Rap and Rappy Rap. And here it is. This week, we're sponsored by Perch, the podcast, where ATB connects with the experts, influencers, and big thinkers who are shaping Alberta. Join host and ATB's Director of Insight, Rob Roach, as he shares the story of our economy through the Albertans who are driving it. Listen and subscribe to Perch, the podcast, on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. On the latest episode of the Edmonton Community Foundation's Well-Endowed podcast, Chris Chang Yan Phillips shares a special story about one night at the historic Alberta Hotel, and they sit down with Rachel Venn, CEO of the Institute for the Advancement of Aboriginal Women. She talks about why it's important to recognize the obstacles faced by Indigenous women in Alberta. To find all this and more, go to thewellendowedpodcast.com. So that was a sample from Rap and Rappy Rap from Marco Dardanaho Hota. Uh, spoiler alert, I love this movie. It's by Vasan Bala and features Abhimanyu Dasani, Radhika Madan, Gulshan Davaya, and some others. Mm-hmm. Lots of new people, basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's kind of like an indie film. Yeah. It, for, um, for Hindi. It Maybe a Mindy. <laughs> it premiered at um, uh, TIFF in their like a midnight, midnight madness, madness yeah. program and uh, that's when we first heard about it it did it did really well there people were talking about it it was it was very buzzworthy it actually took quite a while to get available to us i think we watched it on netflix yeah, yeah it's on netflix now yeah um so it's a it's a story about a guy who as the title would suggest feels no pain <laughs> and Kind of his bizarre upbringing with a uh, grandfather who is very open to letting him do whatever he wants and kind of teaches him to not fear pain, but like fear things that could give you pain. Mm -hmm. So he's always wearing goggles and most especially he's always got a water bottle or like a camelback on because he actually can't tell if he's getting dehydrated Mm -hmm. and he might just keel over. But... The kid is uh, addicted to um, martial arts movies, and most of his personality seems developed from like the ideas of, you know, Bruce Lee and Indian martial artists. But especially this guy um, who does the one man fight, mm-hmm. the the hundred man kumite. Uh, it's a guy who he calls Karate Man, yeah, because he doesn't know his name at the beginning. Who has one leg. And fights off a hundred guys in a karate showdown. And it's this kind of like beat up VHS that he finds. And he watches it over and over again. Imitates the karate man's moves. And when he grows up, he finds himself having to kind of help out the karate man. Who has fallen on hard times since the hundred man kumite. Uh, The love of his life who disappears after he... um, After a tragic incident in their youth. She's also fallen in with the karate man. And they have to work together to de- defeat uh, his evil brother, who 
uh, in classic martial arts style is not respectful of the <laughs> martial art that was taught to them by their father. Um, this is a fun mashup of, you know, music and martial arts. I thought the choreography for the fighting was awesome. Mm-hmm. I thought the kind of maybe a little bit Tarantino, maybe, you know, other 90s sort of postmodern auteur directors. It's got a little bit of that in there with its sort of sardonic attitude towards movie making and also, you know, reverence for movies themselves. Mm-hmm. I thought it was great. What did you think? Uh, I thought it was fun. I, I, I understood what it was going for. Um, and I, you know, I was, I was interested in its kind of conversation with martial arts fandom. You know, as, you know, we like martial arts films quite a bit. But it didn't completely come together for me. Uh, you were never a teen boy, though. I was never a teen boy. That's true. Maybe if I was, uh, I would have liked it more. Uh, I will say that um, that I like the relationship that he has, kind of, with the girl in the film, and that she's, you know, just as much of a badass, not mm-hmm. more of a badass at times. Than Basically, he all is. the main characters are very good at beating people up. Yeah, yeah. So, like, and I, I did really like the fights. It was a lot of fun. I just. I don't know. There was there. There just felt like there was something missing from it for it to like completely bowl me over. I'll say that Goshan Devaya, who plays a double role actually as Karate mm-hmm. Man and uh, Jimmy, his evil brother, he was great. He's great, and um, they used some very good kind of camera trickery to have them both in the same room. And I think it's one of those uh, roles where you might not have known it's the same guy. Do you know? Do you know what I think it is that I didn't? That didn't like work for me in this film because it's got a it's got a Scott Pilgrim feel to it, and I know that's one of your favorite movies, so it's probably not that. <laughs> I don't think I liked uh, the lead character. I think he was one of the least interesting characters in the film. You and didn't I, like Surya? I, no, I didn't. I I just, I, yeah, I, I don't I don't think he was all that compelling. Whereas the actor or the idea of the character. I think the idea of the character seemed interesting, but I don't think they developed an interesting character with that idea. Mm. Well, he's kind of... He's, he, he's like, stuck in the state of arrested development. Yes. And, like, this whole thing with him, like, and his dad wanting to remarry, like... Yeah, that was a little... That like, wasn't great. But him like, and his grandpa had a fun relationship. Yeah, he's Imagine like a kind of Indian John Millius. <laughs> yeah. And that's what that... His he's grandpa's kid like. who hasn't grown up. So I think I just, like... I didn't really like him, but I liked a lot of the side characters, and yeah, it was fun. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Are you interested to see something else from this, uh, you know, crew of people? Oh, for sure. I've seen people wondering, like, can the man who feels no pain join up with uh, Bavash Joshi and do a kind of a street level, um, you know, superhero team? Yeah. That'd be cool. That'd be fun. Yeah. Okay, so the next movie is one I I watched. It's another interesting mix of Hollywood and Bollywood mm-hmm. in that it is Jungly, directed by Chuck Russell, who I think did The Scorpion King. Yeah, he did The Scorpion King, Nightmare on Elm Street 3, uh, oh, Eraser, The Mask. Yeah, Mask is good. Yeah, you like uh, the mask. Fun, fun fact about The Scorpion King, I've never seen it, but I <laughs> uh, smoked some marijuana and uh, in high school, and I watched a Godsmack music video. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of featured the Scorpion King in it. And I thought that was the movie. I'm like, wow, this seems a lot different from what I thought it was. But then, yeah, my friend was like, you're just watching a music video. Yeah. Um, but Jungly, actually, much better than that. Features Vidya Jamwal and Pooja Sawant. 
And it's about a stunningly jacked and very skilled uh, veterinarian mm-hmm. who has left the elephant uh, preserve that he lived on as a boy yeah. to go into the big city and you know become a vet. But he's called back into action after um, there's some trouble at the elephant sanctuary. There's, mm-hmm. um, there's some poachers there who are hoping to shoot some elephants. Yeah. And can't have that. <laughs> That's no good. So Avidya Jamal goes back there and kicks all their asses. It's great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, there's some other stuff that happens, but we don't want to spoil anything. Uh, this movie did not do well. No, it's um, too bad. But, man, this is the kind of cheesy stuff I absolutely love. He's best friends with an elephant. You have a, a, a wonderful, like, song and also kind of montage of him and an elephant growing up and how they're best buds. It's just, it's a very, like, it feels like a throwback. It's a very sincere film about very handsome, very jacked, very talented man yeah. who wants to save his elephants. And I, I mean, and there is a revenge aspect, but it just, like... Everything is so black and white. You know who the good guys are. You know who the bad guys are. Uh, and you just you you want to save the elephants. There's a really bizarre scene where like there's an animated Ganesh. Right. Yeah. He gets knocked um, out, and then kind of Ganesh pumps him up again to go fight some more. You'll see the twists coming from a mile away. There's, yeah. It's like it's totally predictable and cheesy. Atul Kulkarni and... plays the head of the um, the elephant kill squad. Yeah. The poachers. That's a better <laughs> word for it. And he is doing a very much like Muldoon in Jurassic Park like, <laughs> I'm, I'm the best hunter in the world. I have to kill one of the last great tuskers. Yeah. And there's a scene where he keeps yelling at an elephant like, come on! Come get me! I'm just like, you've got a giant like high-powered <laughs> rifle and you think that you're on the same level as an elephant. If you fist fought the elephant, I would respect you. But no, you're just a little man with a big gun. I would never say that this is a good movie. It is not a good movie. It's a... But kids I, would love this movie. Yeah, I, I thought it was really fun. Like, and it's not... Like, it's nowhere near as impressive as something like The Protector, which it's hard not to compare this to The Protector. It has things to come with The Protector. It does not have that amazing, like, six-minute-long fight scene where... It's incredible. Uh, was it Tony Jaa is going upstairs? It's incredible. It's Tony Jaa. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's absolutely incredible. But... It has Vinny <laughs> Jamal jumping through windows, beating up cops, beating up poachers, yeah, riding around on a motorcycle... There's elephants. There's a sincerity to this film that it is exactly what it says it is. Uh, and I had a lot of fun. I, also, I feel like people are going to like... Yeah, they're going to say... They're going to criticize me for how much I like this movie. And how much you didn't like another movie later on. Yeah, like <laughs> I'm opening up my... I'm opening myself up to being kind of like dismissed. Yeah. Uh, but you know what? I, I enjoy Jungly. Yeah, um... It's this year's Chevet. <laughs> um, I'll say that I think I watched it on Amazon Prime or whatever the streaming service was, and it actually looked beautiful. Hotstar. Hotstar. Hotstar looked yeah, great. Yeah, and we've been having some issues with our Hotstar lately. And I have to say, Hotstar customer service is great. They, yeah. uh, they fix them right away. Yeah. yeah. Love it. So this brings us to Romeo Akbar Walter, starring John Abraham and Jackie Shroff. So that's an acronym for RAW. <laughs> yes, yes. So John Abraham is a RAW agent. 
uh, who goes undercover in Pakistan. So it's set in 1971 during the Indo-Pakistani War, the same war we saw in Razi. Um, Which eventually leads to Bangladesh gaining independence, right? Exactly. Uh, I don't remember much about this movie. Well, it's it's a John Abraham spy movie. They all kind of run together. Like, it probably has some things in common with Forrest and Forrest 2. Yeah. <laughs> well, not quite. This is more kind of uh, ground level, slightly more realistic. Putting a bunch of air quotes Does around Does he take that. off his shirt and beat up a bunch of guys? Oh, I'm sure. I don't remember. <laughs> uh, I remember spending a lot of time just being interested in um, whether or not the stuff that the film was kind of tracking uh, had actually happened. So, yeah, John Abraham plays a Rai agent. He goes undercover in Pakistan in 1971. Uh, it's totally forgettable. That's a move on. Can I... Do I have to keep talking about it? No. Okay. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, uh, Kalank. Ah, uh, here's a, another immortal film. No, this is also <laughs> kind of a forgettable movie. Uh, so I watched this one on, I believe, Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Amazon Prime having some trouble while I was watching it, but um, I might go back and see some of the scenes because I could tell that the cinematography and sort of placement of people on screen was actually pretty impressive. Yeah, our router started to die in the middle of Kalan killed this. our router. So <laughs> um, really, the person who was having a scandal was me because <laughs> I was trying to watch the movie and it wouldn't work. Uh, but... This is ostensibly kind of a partition-era romance with a Sanjay Lila Bansali backdrop and forgettable music. Mm-hmm. Um, it features um, Madhuri Dixit, Sonakshi Sinha, Ali Abbott, Varun Dhawan, Aditya Roy Kapoor, and Sanjay Dutt. Another pretty stacked cast. And Kriti Sanon in an item number. And I Kriti would say Sanon. maybe the best part of the movie. Yes. Other than Madhuri Dixit dancing. Yeah. So... Um, there is a needless sort of wraparound story where Ali Abbott is talking to a reporter in the 50s long after the events of the movie, which are around partition time. And I'm still wondering about this plan. And please, if you speak Hindi and understand this plan better than me, I still don't get it. Like, I don't know why she would do this. But Sanakshi Sinha is married to Aditya Roy Kapoor. Mm-hmm. He runs an important newspaper in Lahore, right? Yeah, and they're a Hindu family in a predominantly Muslim city. Yeah, and he's been writing articles about one India, one nation, like, let's mm-hmm. not do partition. Uh, his wife is dying of cancer, and she goes to another place where Ali Abad lives. I think mm-hmm. it's a village, and says, I need you to come live with my husband for a year at, like, because I'm going to die. And Ali Abad's family is indebted to Sanakshi's in this family. Yeah, they owe them money. Like, they got them set up yeah. or something. And Ali Abad uh, thinks about it for a while and then says, okay, but I have to get married to him. And this is before the um, multiple uh, marriages was abolished. I think that was in the 50s. Mm-hmm. So it was, you know, it was a little bit weird to have more than one wife, but you could do it. And her reasoning is that, well, as soon as she's going to die, he could just kick me out of his house. Like, I'm leaving my entire life for this guy who may or may not like me. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, the guy is a And Aditya. it will secure good marriages for her sisters. Yeah, unfortunately, the guy is Aditya Roy Kapoor, who has facial expressions that are so inscrutable, <laughs> you could be telling him the lunch menu, or you could be telling him that he's getting married, 
And you cannot tell the difference. Aditya Roy Kapoor only has personality when he's drinking. Yes, there is a scene where he gets drunk with uh, Varun Dhawan, and that's the best uh, acting that he does. I wish that he would play, uh, this is somewhat sacrilege of me to say, but if he was a sort of William Powell-esque detective who was drunk all the time in Solving Mysteries. no, no. Like, no. some sort of way to make him drunk all the time and have, like, a fun movie. Because he's so wooden. Yeah. And you can have a beautiful backdrop. You can have, you know, well-done music. But if you have an actor at the center of it who, you know, you can't tell what he's thinking or if he knows that he's in a movie. It's just awful. Mm-hmm. Uh, luckily, Vernon Dewan is also in the movie. <laughs> he plays a hunky uh, Muslim uh, blacksmith who... His buddy is kind of, uh, he's uh, looking forward to partition, but he's worried that the British are going to bring in machines to kind of automate their Mm -hmm. jobs. So he's pushing for Pakistan to become its own country and for them to keep their artisan jobs. Mm -hmm. And there's all this political turmoil. Uh, wouldn't you know it? There's a secret history between him and Aditya Roy Kapoor and Sanjay Dutt. And he Dutt. fights a bull. He fights a bull for some reason, which I'm assuming was because Bahubali did well. Yeah. And had that happen with Rana Dagabati. Um, Madhuri Dixit is in the movie as a singing coach and dance instructor. Um, she's a courtesan. She's, she's basically a Chandra Mukli style courtesan yeah. who has a history of Sanjay Dutt, who plays Aditya Roy Kapoor's father. You might see where I'm going with this. Um, and Ali Abbott starts working for Aditya Roy Kapoor's newspaper, and she wants to write stories about the city, so Varundawan becomes her guide, and wouldn't you believe it sparks fly? Yeah, and um, she also starts going to Madhuri Dixit to take singing lessons. Yeah, um, that's how everyone is connected. So one of the main problems with this movie is if you art design the hell out of everything and make every scene look amazing, when Ali Abbott is supposedly going to the, you know, downtrodden part of town where Varun Dewan lives it looks awesome like it doesn't look gross people you know everyone has beautiful costumes and everyone has you know great eyeliner it looks like the the buildings are all beautiful looking there's lights all over the place it looks mm-hmm. fun and vibrant and much more choreographed dance scenes and all the streets look really clean yeah so like it's hard for me to believe that this is like the red light district or something you have to kind of if you're making a beautiful movie you got to kind of, you know, have find a, a beauty in decay when you're doing something like that. Like, think about Dev D. Right. Also, like, a really well art-designed movie. But when, like, Dev is going to get drunk and get high and stuff, he is in certainly very art-designed places, but they look grimy and gross. Yeah. And, I mean, that's not even the beginning of this movie's problems. But, like, it's dull. Uh, none of the actors appear to have any chemistry with each other. The music is... It's just surprising, considering Ali Abbott and Varun Dewan have incredible chemistry together in other films, like Kamti Sharma Ki Dalhanya. Yeah. Um, the music is passable. The dancing is okay. Madhuri Dixit is good, but that's her job. Yeah, I mean, I would say, like, there's a grand scale to the dance sequences, but you're right in that it it feels it feels like a, like a facsimile, like a photocopy of yeah. a great movie. It doesn't feel like a great movie. It's just kind of... It's beautiful for beauty's sake, but there's no there's no meaning in it. Like, People get mad at Bansali for that, but his characters generally seem to have affection for each other. They hate each other. Like, they're big, larger-than-life characters in big, larger-than-life situations, but, like, they're in the same room, you know? Yeah, and, and in Bansali, I mean, the way that he uses cinematography and and the camera, it, it's... 
it's providing a, another layer of meaning to, you know, like everything is in service of the emotions and the themes and the story he's telling. Whereas you don't have that here. It's just like an opulent movie. So who would you cast instead of a Ditcher Roy Kapoor as guy who runs a newspaper? <laughs> um, uh, Siddharth Malhotra. Yeah, you would do the student of the year again. I would 100%. 100%. Well, guess who else did student of the year again? Uh, Karen Johar. Yeah, he did. (laughs) Yeah, so if you, okay, so if you had told me, you know, like five years ago that they're going to do a sequel to student of the year and Uh you were not going to be interested in it, I would not believe you. I know. But that's exactly what happened. Uh, so Student of the Year 2 is directed by Punit Malhotra, and it stars Tiger Shroff, Tara Sataria, and Ananya Pandey. Uh, so instead of a love triangle between two guys and a girl, it's a love triangle between a guy and two girls. Uh, two chicks at the same time. <laughs> so Tiger Shroff is, uh, he's, he's not originally from, like, when it opens, he's not at St. Teresa's. He's a 35-year-old <laughs> high school student. Uh, he is at... It is the uh, same school? Yeah, it's St. Okay. Teresa's. Is uh, Rishi Kapoor there as the principal? No. What? <laughs> Why even have it at the same school then? He is at a lesser school. He's been childhood best friends with... Oh, I cannot tell these two girls apart. Tara Sataria. Um, and She's like the Betty... Yeah, yeah, she's like the buddy. So they're childhood best friends, and, you know, like, they're in a relationship, but she goes off to St. Teresa's, and he is not rich enough to go to St. Teresa's, but eventually, very early on in the film... He gets a scholarship? He gets a scholarship to St. Teresa's, and he is excited to join his girlfriend at the school. But would you believe it? She does not want people to know that they are together. Because he's poor? Because he's poor and not yeah. popular. That okay. doesn't go well. Can you imagine Tiger Shroff not being the coolest kid in school? Because <laughs> I can. I don't think he would be. Uh, unless unless there was classes in, like, kicking things and being jacked. Yeah. Ananya Pandey plays the Veronica of the group. She is the popular and mean girl at school that uh, everyone misunderstands. Okay. Uh, she and Tiger Shroff team up to compete in a dance competition. Do they do the disco dance thing again? No, but Will Smith shows up. Right, yeah, I've heard about this. Uh, and there's also a uh, competition between schools. So instead of like the student of the year competition, competition... Now it's school of the year? It's like the Dignity Cup. Right, yeah, I remember that. It was... Yeah. Yeah, there was a weird name for the uh, award. Yeah. Um. There's like athletics and probably dancing and maybe math. It's mostly athletics, and Cubbity features in it quite hmm, that's prominently. Cool. Uh, yeah, the Intercollege Dignity Cup. I apologize that um, my description of this film is uh, lackluster and meandering. Is that because it sucked? Yeah, this film, like, you know, I love Student of the Year. That's one of my, like, quote-unquote favorite guilty pleasures. I think it's that cheesy, movie is but it's good. so fun. Uh, it's so engaging, and this... This is just not that. It's just, yeah. it's so dull. And, like, I thought at least the dancing would be fun. It's not. Um, Tiger Shroff has no personality. Neither of these, like, these two new actresses really made an impression. No, the, neither of them is a Shania? 
Yeah, no, neither of them. But I mean, that's, that that isn't to say that they aren't going to go on and do great stuff. I don't know. I just, I really can't judge them from this film. Is it better than Ishvishk? Better than Ishvishk. Uh, no, I like Ishvishk a lot more. So that's than a this. similar sort of situation. Yeah, no, it just, yeah, it's just, it's just lame. It's just lame. Okay, well, how about Day Day PR Day? Is that one better? <laughs> Uh, would you believe, Matt, that uh, 50-year-old men can have it all? <laughs> That's what this movie taught me. <laughs> I mean, I feel like real life is showing us that on a fairly regular basis, that 50-year-old men can get away with whatever they want. So uh, unfortunately, yes, I do believe it's true. So, Dede Pierre Day uh, is directed by Akvi Ali. It stars Ajay Devgan, Tabu, uh, Jimmy Sheargal, uh, Rakul Preet Singh. Uh, it's... <laughs> It's about like a May December romance, so Ajay Devgan is like in his fifties. It's weird and... that he's being acknowledged as being as in his fifties. Is it? Although I guess of the kind of big scale actors, he's usually not playing a high school version of himself or that kind of thing. No. He's usually a dad or like a man of the mountain. He's not usually playing young. Okay, yeah. take, I'll take that back. I guess he plays his age like more than Salman Khan does. Yeah. Uh, so he's uh, living in London, and he starts dating Rakul Preet Singh, and she's like in her early 20s. And Is he rich? He is super rich. Okay, well, that explains that. So at first, age is nothing but a number uh, until it isn't, and so kind of the first half of the film is this kind of this romance between this 50-year-old guy and this younger woman. Okay. But then when, you know, he kind of wants to commit more to her, he wants to introduce her to his family back in India. And so she knows that he has two kids and that he's estranged from them and hasn't seen them in a long time. Is he divorced? But she doesn't realize that they're like her age. <laughs> uh, well, so that would be awkward. <laughs> they go to India to stay with his ex-wife, played by Tabu, and um, so that she can meet his kids, and also that you know Ajay Dev can, can kind of reconcile with his kids. But wouldn't you know it, his daughter is actually in the process of getting engaged, and she told her fiance and her fiance's family, or her soon-to-be fiance and his family, that her dad was dead. <laughs> Okay, that's kind so of fun. So he has to pretend <laughs> to be dead, <laughs> to be not her father, uh, but like it's not a, like a weekend at Bernie's. Another thing. relative. Oh, okay. Um, Uncle Ajay. And when you believe that, like complications ensue. I would and, believe that complications <laughs> would ensue. And his new younger girlfriend and his former wife, kind of like you know, butt heads. Yeah, and I can are believe jealous that. Jealous of one another, and he's upset. You know, and he keeps trying to you know, make decisions in his daughter's life, but, you know, he's not supposed to because he's not her dad. Sure. Uh, uh, you know... You, for for a movie I don't think you liked, you did remember the plot pretty accurately. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Well, this one came out in May. Um, these episodes are always hilarious in the can Aaron remember the plot game. Uh, you know, I was expecting to hate this movie. And I wouldn't say I hated it. I thought it was better than I was expecting. I better still, than trash? <laughs> yeah. I still kind of thought that... Um, I still kind of think that, like, yeah, the plot is rather silly. And the message of it that, you know, like, this 50-year-old guy can have his cake and eat it too was a little 
reductive. Um, but Tabu's really good. Oh, good. And you know, you know why she usually is. Yeah. You know I love watching Tabu. Do you do you like to imagine and that I she's did. like she's like Lady Macbeth in all of her movies? Yeah. <laughs> she's kind of scheming behind the scenes. This uh this was produced by Love Ranjan and he also contributed to the script. Uh, so I think I was expecting it to be far more sexist than it was. Um, this is not high praise. <laughs> no, I guess... Aaron I guess Fraser also, <laughs> could have been more sexist. I guess what I'm saying is it's just like, I liked it more than I thought I was going to, but it did, I it, really didn't think I was going to like it. And it did pretty well, too, right? Uh, I think so, yeah. Is it is it currently one of the higher highest grossing ones? Let's check the list. Yeah, it's it's the eighth eighth highest grossing so far. No, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Cool. So enough about Didi Piard. Uh, what is next? As I scroll down, India's Most Wanted. Okay, this is gonna be quick. Uh, India's Most Wanted. This is another forgettable spy film. This time with Arjun Kapoor. Is it also in the seventies? No. Okay. It's directed by Rajkumar Gupta. And uh, it really, it really just felt like a travel brochure for Nepal. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, with some like boring spy stuff going on. <laughs> but the scenery but there's is beautiful. There's a lot of shots of like how gorgeous Nepal is. There's a mm. lot of like, um, just kind of like filler of like people enjoying Nepal, like tourists out and about. Okay. Um, I think it's very clear that they got some money. Um, from the Nepalese tourism board. I mean, they must have. They must have. Um, I don't even... The, the plot of this was so secondary to just looking at the gorgeous scenery. Um, so, and Arjun Kapoor plays a spy who goes into Nepal, essentially, to um, extract uh, a terrorist. And, and there, he kind of has to make connections and, like... Um, with, you know, like, find some, like, local sources and eventually uh, bring in this guy. Uh, I guess it was inspired by a real a real arrest um, and a real guy. I will say, like, the thing that I was impressed by is that, like, unlike other spy films that take that Mission Impossible approach and, like, kind of, you know... Are good? <laughs> make everything into this big action spectacle yes this is very like ground level like okay. it, it feel, felt a bit more realistic but Not, it's is it as good as like baby no okay no it like or like a jean le carré type thing no, not at all as good as Jean Le Carré. Like, but like that kind of realistic. Yeah, yeah. Like I think it was going for that, okay. um, while also showing you all the beautiful spots you could vacation in Nepal. Sure. Like I, I really. I'm booking a flight right like, now. It sounds. I great. remember more about how this felt like a travel brochure than the actual plot. All right, next movie. Um, sadly, I don't think it's going to be a comeback vehicle, or and it clearly hasn't been a comeback vehicle for Arjun Kapoor. So isn't he getting married to a man like Aurora or something? That's the rumor. Yeah, he'll be fine. <laughs> All right, our next film. Our next film is a big one. So yeah, uh, Bharat is the big Eid release this year, right? Yeah, and it's a Ali Abbas Safar Salman Khan joint. Mm-hmm. Also features Tabu, Katrina Kaif, Sunil Grover, Disha Patani, and Asif Sheikh. Um, yeah, this is one of those again very nationalist movies about um, a regular guy caught up in gigantic world events. Yeah. It's a remake of a South Korean film called Ode to My Father. Which you saw. Yeah, I saw that back when it came out. 
I'd forgotten that this was a remake of that film until I was sitting down to watch Barat. And as soon as it came up on screen, I was like, oh, right. And then I immediately knew what the rest of the film was going to be, with the exception of the circus stuff. That's... There's no circus in the South Korean one? No. Okay. <laughs> like, And I mean, the, the South Korean one has different beats. Obviously, um, the separation that kind of... Or the instigating event, which is a, a separation. It's the Korean War? Uh, is the Korean War and yeah. not partition. But, you know, so while there's kind of different events throughout both films, the beats are very much the same, the exception of the circus bit. Salman Khan is in and as Bharat. <laughs> Always love a good in and as. And he's a guy who his life kind of mirrors the trajectory of India from the 40s till now. Yeah. He, his uh, dad was a station master in a place that became Pakistan. Mm-hmm. And... When partition, when the riots started happening around partition, uh, Jackie Shroff plays his father, gets all of his uh, family on a train, but uh, their one little daughter kind of falls off, so he goes to get her, and says, "Barat, that's the kid. You got to stay. You got to keep the family safe. Mm-hmm. Go to this specific location. Your aunt has a store there. Wait for me there." So the the kind of opening part of the movie is that there's this commercial district and they want to build a mall mm-hmm. and Bharat is like the one holdout saying, no, I have to keep this uh, kind of like a general store. Yeah. Got to keep this general store. It's a he, ration store. Yeah, it's called like a Hind ration store or something yeah. like that. And um, he's he believes that his father will arrive and he'll bring his, his daughter and his sister in tow. Yeah. So in the Korean one, you don't know why he's so like why he thinks it's so important to hang on to this store. It isn't revealed till the end that his dad said that he'd meet him at the store, which I thought was interesting because they lay that out from the very beginning in this yeah. film. It's an interesting change. And I yeah. think that it does a really good job of showing the chaos of that partition scene and mm-hmm. you know Jackie Shroff falling, having to go get the the sister. I mean, that's really well emotionally well done emotionally. Much more so than Kalank, I'd say, which was better art directed and having a big riot scene at a train. Yeah. But like, I don't know, kind of sloppy. Um, but it follows Barat. He um, he ends up in kind of a refugee camp. Then he moves into the city where his aunt lives. Uh, he takes up a job working at the Great Indian Circus, mm-hmm. presumably like the... No, the Great Russian Circus. The Great Russian Circus, yeah. The precursor of the Great Indian Circus, <laughs> which shows up in Doom 3. He's a kind of an evil Knievel-type motorcycle guy, which was fun. I like that a lot. I really like the circus bits of this film, maybe because it was like, it felt fresh and new. Because you'd already seen the movie. I'd already seen the movie. But like... That whole, like, circus thing is wild. Right. Oh, he's not even on here, but his little brother is played by Shashank Aurora in kind of a needless role. I mean, (laughs) Shashank Aurora is a pretty good actor, and he's been in lots of productions, most recently Made in Heaven. Yeah. But, like, he has maybe, like, ten lines in this movie. He's mostly waiting around being anxious and falling off a motorcycle and stuff. But I love how Barat's entire family is useless. Yeah, they don't do shit. They just wait around at their house crying. Um, There's also kind of a... Weird side note that Amitabh Bachchan is in the <laughs> the crowd at a performance. He sees Sunil Grover, who is one of those orphan best friends that becomes, becomes a part of the main character's family. Mm-hmm. He's doing the whole kind of ringmaster introduction to the um, show thing, and he comes out of this egg. Yeah. And then <laughs> it kind of flashes to Amitabh Bachchan, like, hmm, an egg, eh? <laughs> I'll use this in my fantastic movie in like 20 years. So that was fun. 
Then Barat becomes, and I think this is the best part of the movie, he becomes a kind of, he's, a, he's like a rig guy in Saudi Arabia where they found oil, uh, and he, him and Daniel Grover, they don't have jobs, they audition to go to Saudi Arabia, they have like a team <laughs> of guys, like one's fat, one's old, one's short, and no one thinks his team's going to work, but then they get together and they <laughs> sing the Indian National Anthem, and then they go do it, which... It's fun. Yeah. Um, but they have lots of difficulty there. But also, one side benefit to going to uh, Saudi Arabia is that Katrina Kaif is there. And she's in charge of this whole operation. Yeah, which I love. And in the in the Korean one, that character is a nurse in, in Germany. They think um, they go to Germany to be minors. Um, but here, here Katrina Kaif is like, she's in bo- She's, she's Madam boss, Sir. And she's in yeah. charge. And I like He calls that. her Madam Sir the whole movie. Yeah, there's an interesting relationship between the two of them in this film in that, like, they feel like equals. Yes. I liked it. They, I mean, ne- they never get married, but, like, they're basically, like, stuck with each other and they like each other. Yeah, I mean, people know at this point that I love Katrina Kaif and... Uh, You'll back her up in any movie. I'll pretty much back her up in anything. She's good in it, though. I, I think she she's, is good in it. She's fun as like kind of a grumpy old lady who doesn't take shit from anybody, and then she's good as like a young lady who also doesn't take shit from anybody. Yeah, I don't think the old age makeup is particularly well done, but I don't think she'll ever age. Is the problem that <laughs> like she'll always look that good forever? So it's pure fantasy to try and figure out what she would look like. Yeah, but I like that she. I mean, this is famously the role that Priyanka Chopra walked away from to get married to Nick Jonas. Um, but I that's like, a lateral move at best. I, <laughs> I think this movie is actually pretty good. Yeah, and she could have you yeah, know so changed her schedule around or something. So do I, and I think like I, I don't think you watch it going, oh, this was supposed to be Priyanka Chopra's role. No, I think you you totally believe and see Katrina Kaif in it, even though. Salman Khan constantly wanted to remind us while they were promoting the film that Priyanka Chopra was supposed to do it. This is why I never pay attention to film promotion. It's yeah. it's a waste of time. I'll watch the trailer, but I don't care about interviews with people. Um, you know, there's one interview coming up we'll talk about. But uh, yeah. uh, uh, he also becomes a member of the Merchant Marine, and then kind of the last half hour of the movie is this reconciliation that was happening between India and Pakistan in the '90s, where the TV channel that Katrina Kaif works at. Which- is in the Korean one, so I don't think this is a real thing. That okay, so it never happened. <laughs> oh, interesting. Um, but they're they're starting a show with a uh, with a network on the other side in Pakistan, where people who lost uh, loved ones during partition kind of come on, tell their stories, and hopefully get the attention of you know their family members left on the other side. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty emotionally affecting. Saw Tabu comes into the movie. Um, who do you think she is? Yeah, I don't know. It's a huge mystery. Um, so I, I, I liked it. Yeah, I enjoyed this film. I think my my issue with it is just that I'd seen the movie before. Yes. And and it's not even that I think the Korean one is a better movie. It's just... Uh, it didn't change enough to make it worthwhile? And I, I mean, it certainly changed some things. You know, it was tracking, you know, the history of India as opposed to the history of South Korea. And, you know, Salman Khan is obviously a kind of larger-than-life personality and... This had like far more kind of Bollywood flair. Yeah. Um, as it would. But it just, yeah. I think I think because I'd seen it before, I just kind of I started to feel like it was I was checking off boxes as opposed to like really enjoying the movie. But uh, as someone who hadn't seen the Korean version, I, I liked it. Yeah. Uh, changing it so you actually don't know what happened to his dad is an interesting difference for the Korean version because 
This gets a lot of mileage out of that partition scene. It's like very well, chaotic it's, and it's, scary. It's not that you don't know what happened to the dad. It's that you why he doesn't why he's got the store. Yeah, you only find out at the end that he's hanging on to the store because his dad said he'd meet him there. Hmm. I kind of like the way they did it in Barat, to tell you the truth. Yeah, like it's more of a reveal. And yeah. he he gets married in the Korean one. I apologize that I'm comparing this so much to the Korean one, but. Uh, that's kind of the lens that I saw it through. Mm-hmm. Um, putting that aside, though, like I do think this is this is a like it's 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 a Salman Khan film, so yeah. you know you know if you're on board already. Yeah, you know if you're on board, you know you're gonna get some action. You're gonna get you know like some sweeping kind of emotions that are gonna be tied up in. Uh, like a lot of nationalist sentiment, some extremely burly dancing. <laughs> yeah, and like a beautiful girl as his arm candy, who's way younger than him, and yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and this is a good version of that Salman Khan film. Is it my yeah. favorite version of that Salman Khan film? No, I, think I, like, I like Sultan better. I like Sultan better. I like Bajani Bajan better. Yeah, um, but this is you know leagues ahead of Two Blade. Yeah. Um, I have one complaint about this movie, and it pains me to say, but there is a motorcycle-based fight scene near the end that I thought was extemporaneous. <laughs> and you guys all know that I love motorcycle by- motorcycle-based fight scenes, so it does pain me to say it, but they could have taken it out. You don't need it. Okay, Matt, we have two more films, and we are exactly on time. We've been recording for about 90 minutes. The clock is helping. And we said that we were gonna that this episode was going to come in in 100 minutes. So. Well, I think we're going to talk about this one for a little while, though. <sighs> So. Okay, okay, wait. Before you before you get into it. So, so the next film to discuss is Kabir Singh. Yeah. And I just I I want to give a ba- bit of a backstory for for where I'm coming from. This is how we add another half an hour to the show <laughs> with this film. So, this film is a remake of a Telugu film called Arjun Reddy. I saw Arjun Reddy uh, when it came out a couple of years ago. Uh, so it was kind of this big sensation in South India. And then they they released it here in Alberta because it was such a big deal. And that's when I saw it. So it already had a lot of hype uh, when I saw it. And I was excited to see it because I'd heard like that this was revolutionary, that this was like pushing boundaries, that this was going to like change Telugu cinema. But it's no... Oh, that's Malayalam. But it's no Angamali Diaries. Yeah, or it's no Bahubali. Yeah, there's, there's lots of big uh, South Indian cinema, and you were kind of in, yeah. anticipating something on that level. Well, yeah, and I, you know, I heard a lot about its gritty realism and how emotional it was, so I was really looking forward to seeing it. I was shocked and upset and really kind of disturbed by what I saw. I really did not enjoy Arjun Reddy. Um, I thought it was very misogynist. I felt very alone in that sentiment. And I, I didn't go out of my way a lot to kind of say, I hate this movie. I think it's bad. Um, but, you know, I, I did kind of, you know, after like I initially bit, saw it. Yeah. yeah, I did after I initially saw it, tweet out, like, I don't get why this movie is, you know, being hailed and, and, and celebrated. I don't I don't get it. And it was my I don't get it of the of the year when I was recording my other podcast, Trash Out in the Movies with Paul Matwichek, when we do our year-end wrap-up. I was like, that was the movie that I thought was, like, overrated. I'm sure he was 100% on board with that <laughs> statement, not yeah. knowing anything about it. And so 
you know, I, I, I didn't direct that tweet at anyone, but I, you know, someone told me like, oh, well, it's not made for you. And I really felt like... In they essence, were, that's true. Yeah. I really felt like they were saying that because I'm both a woman and I'm white. I'm not Indian. To be fair, you're... Yes, the movie is not made for a white audience. It's made for a South Indian audience. Um, that's totally fair. But I didn't appreciate necessarily like my issues being dismissed. I'm still I'm still a film goer and I'm still a person and I I took issue with a lot of the gender politics in this film, especially how within the first ten minutes the hero um holds a girl at knife point because he wants to have sex. Mm-hmm. Um and that that's rape. Let's call it yeah, at least attempted <laughs> rape, yeah. Yeah. So once it was announced that this remake was coming down the pipeline, it's also kind of played for laughs, as I recall. Yeah, yeah, and I think I think it felt worse in the Telugu one than you see it in the Hindi one, but that might just be because it was so shocking. Sure. In the Telugu one, and, and I was yeah. expecting it in the Hindi one. Yeah. Um, and and any time that this film would come up in conversation with people on Twitter, since because it eventually ended up on streaming, and a lot of people wanted to see it. Uh, I would just say, like, cautiously sometimes, you know, like, you know what, I I really didn't like it. You know, I, I had some issues with it. I don't really see why, um, you know, people love it. And I would mostly have these conversations with, with other women who were either watching it, had a similar reaction that I did, or were wondering if they should watch it. And I was just saying, you know what, and every single time I would do this, some man on Twitter would find me and criticize me. Like, I just really felt like this was repetitive. Reply guys, right? Yeah, and it's not even like I was hashtagging anything. Like You also don't have, like, a gigantic reach on Twitter. Yeah, so I apologize for this lengthy backstory. So when this remake was announced, and I knew it was coming down the pipeline, and Sandeep Vanga, who directed the Telugu film, was also helming the sequel, I kind of braced myself for... A repetition of what I'd gone through with Arjun Reddy, but on a bigger scale. And so when the first few reviews started to come in, and I was discovering that critics felt the same way I had with Arjun Reddy, I admit I felt a bit vindicated. Because I'd felt really alone, um, with the exception of some conversations I'd had with some women online. I felt really alone in my reaction to Arjun Reddy. And now a bunch of critics were saying that this film is disturbing and misogynist. And so kind of in that initial um, reaction, I retweeted and and kind of got in it. Like, oh, okay, we're finally going to talk about the, the toxic masculinity in Kavir Singh, a conversation I didn't feel like was being, was happening with Arjun Reddy. Mm-hmm. And so... I think I participated in in a bit of piling on, but then things just got crazy. <laughs> and this film is clearly at at the center of uh, of a larger conversation around toxic masculinity and misogyny and how we can portray problematic toxic male characters. Sure. I just want to say like just because I don't like the movie and I take issue with it and I see a lot of problems in it doesn't mean you can't like the film. Yeah. There's all kinds of movies that you hate that other people like. And and I have friends who, you know, who liked Arjun Reddy and I've never gotten in an argument with them 
and I don't feel the need to get an argument with them. And none of those friends have gotten in an argument with me over not liking Arjun Reddy or not liking Kabir Singh. It's called being a friend. Yeah, but it's okay to have a different perspective. Yes. And I just feel like with this film, people either see it one way or another way, but it doesn't work that way. It's okay for people to see things and to see value in this film where I don't. Well, that's that's the test of a piece of art is it, if it holds up to multiple interpretations. Yeah, and so like... There are some people who don't take issue with, you know, with with certain things that I take issue with in this film, and that's that's okay. I I think their opinion they're not stupid and, for not being on your side. Yeah, and their viewpoint is just as valid. That being said, I think the director has made it hard to defend the film at this point. Yes, uh, he had now a describe the film pretty legendary interview with uh, Anupama Chopra. My hero. Uh, talking about his uh, detractors and how uh, if you're in love with somebody, you should slap them. Uh, how, otherwise, how would they know? Which uh, led to some pretty good TikToks about uh, people slapping each other because they're in love with each other. And I think, yeah, he kind of shot himself in the foot with that interview. Or he's completely deluded and thinks that most people are going to agree with him. And. He's so, like, the thing that shocked me more in that interview is how dismissive and rude he is towards film critics. Well, Kangana Rana is doing the same thing right now, too. They're saying, like, you know, film critics are parasites. Uh, You can't criticize a movie unless you've made a movie, which, you know, I'm not going to criticize the budgetary process that you went through to figure out how much to pay Shahid Kapoor to be in the movie. Like, that's an aspect of filmmaking that I'm sure would be pretty difficult to figure out. But I could criticize it on a level of... Do I think this movie is well executed? One of the things, like one of the secondary conversations I think that's been happening with this film is is about film criticism. And I've seen both the director and a lot of other people just argue that it's film critics' job or responsibility to just discuss the technical merits of a film. This is a Gamergate type thing where it was sort of like you can't let your own opinions and politics influence a review. So... This this has a precedent in um, you know online alt right douchebags, and that's that's ridiculous because everything carries an ideology and yes. everyone has a bias, and you can't just talk about like all those technical things, the lighting and the script and the acting, etc. That is all in service of a narrative, of a story, of themes, and so. You have to discuss those things. And if you take a moral objection to those things, then yeah, the movie isn't going to be good for you. Yeah. So describe the film. <laughs> Great. Um, so, uh, well, I mean, if you're listening to this, you've probably seen it. but uh, Or you might have not seen it because I did have some people reach out to me after my kind of salty Twitter storm saying that they that they weren't going to watch it. Um, yeah. And... And and I wasn't trying to discourage anyone from watching it, but I did feel the need to to say what I thought. And and I and I will say from someone who has has been in an abusive relationship, this this film is triggering. And sure. it is so, you know, people saying that people who said to me, like, I'm gonna skip this one, it sounds triggering, I think it is. And I think it's worth you know, whether you're gonna like it or not, it's triggering. Sure. I will now describe the plot. Um, so, Kabir Singh is a brilliant, quote-unquote, uh, surgeon who uh, is an alcoholic and habitual cocaine user who um, 
works at a hospital. He does surgeries. His life is a mess, basically. He's super depressed because the girl he fell in love with in medical school has gone off and married another guy. We then flash back to their first meeting, which I wouldn't call a meet cute so much as a girl see, uh, where he sees a bunch of uh, girls joining the medical college and says, oh, that's the one for me right there. And uh, proceeds to tell everyone in the whole college, which he is the king of because he's super cool and good at uh, classes, I guess. <laughs> he's, he's getting straight A's. That, yeah, everyone stay away from her. She's mine, etc. Um, there was actually a fair amount of laughter in the theater when I was watching that part, which I thought was a little bit weird. Because mm. um, he walks into a class where the teacher does not speak Punjabi, but all the students do. Right. And in Punjabi, he says, you know, look... Stay away from her. Don't uh, don't haze her either, which I think is kind of an important part of the story mm-hmm. um, because, you know, no one wants to get hazed. And this is kind of how he's selling himself to her parents. It's like, I'm going to protect her. No one's going to rag your daughter, um, and I'll help her out at school. Vangus says that these are two damaged people mm-hmm. who have a love relationship with each other even though they both have issues. Kabir Singh's issues are very present. He's, yeah, he has anger issues. He has, he has an anger management problem. He also has an addictive personality. He's possessive. He's possessive. The I film fr- opens with explaining how possessive he is. Yeah, there, it's kind of his, uh, his grandparents and uh, family kind of explaining as a child he would have, he would really want to hold on to a certain toy, that kind of thing, which... A I mean, doll. It's a doll. It's definitely uh, foreshadowing for the story. Uh, borderline. He's kind of a borderline personality, too. Mm. Very risk-takey and uh, tries to kill himself a couple times over the course of the movie. Um, or just does dangerous things like drinking on the edge of his building, that kind of thing. Um, ending in a morphine coma. Ending up in a morphine coma. Puts himself in a morphine coma at his uh, brother's bachelor party. Yeah. And uh, Preeti, the girl uh, who his, her family won't accept him because he's I have an asshole, <laughs> and they could see that right away. They also he's not a good like he's not a good Sikh. They don't yes they don't like that he um, uh, didn't tell they didn't he didn't make his intentions known when he met them the first time like mm-hmm. he's totally into her. Um, her father catches them kissing so. yeah, and in a peak of rage gets her married off within a day while he's stuck in a coma. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's also a thing with a actress that he hooks up with when he's a famous surgeon. Um, Not to mention how he treats his um, his houseworker. Yeah, ch- chases his uh, house housekeeper away. This is also kind of played for laughs. And in a like terrifying scene, that woman is terrified of him. He is her employer, and he's chasing her and yelling at her down the street. Yeah, and he's like, "Well, see you tomorrow." Um, so. I guess where people try to defend this movie, I'll also try and uh, take Sandy Vanga's point that people are not specifically talking about the cinematography, the music, the acting. They're mostly talking about the story. Um, but because I will say it is well made. Like it's. I don't know about that. No, I think it is. I think it's well made. I think it's it's, and I think that's part of what is so upsetting about it. I think if it was poorly made, it would be easy to dismiss. Yeah. But because it's well made, it's a lot harder to dismiss, and and it makes it that much more upsetting well i was kind of waiting and for, this movie's been made twice like yeah i was kind of waiting for the starship troopers moment where you realize that what you're feeling that this is bad is never actually addressed well and i was so my my issue with both films has always been that his um abusive behavior 
and and the way that he grooms Preeti is is played off as romance that we yes. are supposed to find these things romantic. And it's not uh, like Starship Troopers shows a fascist state. And it's propaganda against aliens. And, like, you eventually realize, oh, these are the Nazis the whole time. It's satire. Or you think about um, natural born killers or something, where I'm sure they think that they're in a romance, but the film itself is portraying this romance as a diseased, you know, offshoot of America. This, the text itself, does not contradict that these two, quote-unquote, damaged people are in love. Yeah, so this is all played as... Everything is straight. Romance. Yeah. And so, you know, I was willing to give people the benefit of the doubt that they're like, no, he's a problematic anti-hero and, you know, like, you know, references to things like Taxi Driver and Wolf of Wall Street were being thrown around. And I was like, okay, maybe people are seeing that in this. I'm not. I'm not someone who thinks that, like, all my film heroes need to be, like, quote unquote, like, good people or good characters. But then... I'm going to talk about two movies that we watched this year that specifically refute that claim. But then in the interview, and I, I don't really like, you know, referring back to um, the artist's intent, you know, I'm, I'm more of a death of the author kind of person. But then in interviews, Vanka saying like, oh, yeah, this is this is supposed to be romantic. This is how I see love. And all of a sudden, you feel bad for his wife. It really just made me go, wait, 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 wait. So he wasn't even trying to to have a conversation about toxic masculinity which refutes the idea of it being an anti-hero yeah so but i you know i will say like there i think there's some gorgeous shots in this film when it kind of um opens up and he's drinking on um like he's, he's in on his, the roof I yeah think. he's on the roof and it like pans out and you just see the building gorgeous i think eh. shahid kapoor is really good it's maybe dialed up a little bit past 11 um, it's like you know, it's like his role in Hater on top of his role in Uta Punjab. Like it's a, yeah. it's a bit, it's a bit too much for me. But I also think like having seen the original film, he's at the same emotional. Tenor. He's at the same, yeah, he's at the same yeah. register. Um, I did not think that Kiara Advani as Preeti was anything to write home about. If we were seeing her, she was in also this, in Kalank. It, yeah, like, <laughs> she was, and I was like. I seen that person. Oh yeah, she's in that movie where she said like ten words. Yeah. Um, if it showed her as being this amour fou type person too, where they're just completely obsessed with each other, the movie would have made more sense. Yeah, but like, it's like yeah, he's so. We're seeing it all from his perspective. He, yep, for sure. But he grooms her and he controls her, and it just, I just find it really disturbing i said this on twitter but this movie is uh muna's version of events from mirzapur <laughs> where uh he just picks the hottest girl in school and says that uh, she's mine don't touch her and everything goes fine for muna okay. um i'm gonna refute some of your claims though i think that uh this movie is edited very pretentiously it thinks it's a gaspar noe movie <laughs> but it's what? not yes Okay. Um, specifically, it does the flying upside down thing that uh, Gaspar Noe is so so uh, much a fan yeah. of. I'd say the typography and showing the title at a weird point in the movie is kind of like that. And I'll say that it kind of intercuts um, music scenes with action in the story in an interesting way. I actually do kind of see like a similarity between this and Love, which is a Gaspar Noe film you actually haven't seen. seen it, yeah. So yeah, okay. But I, I I think it's kind of being a little bit pretentious on that. Yeah. Um, the cinematography was fine. Uh, and I would say that the music is okay. This I is one it, of, No, I think it looks really good. And I think the music is really... I think the music is one of the better parts of it. 
Yeah, I I thought it was passable. There was there's the one part I, I like the angry song, but all the romance stuff just blends together in my head. Yeah. But here's what I got to say about antiheroes. You can't be an antihero if your entire universe is telling you that you're correct, yeah. or you have to like you have to show the audience somehow that this guy's crazy. Yeah, and the film it, has to be critical. Yeah, where is in this. Everything he does is completely within the right, apart from operating on 300 patients while being drunk, which in the one uh, moment of him literally nutting up and not being a useless sack of shit, he does cop to saying, yes, I operated on all these people drunk, take away my medical license. That's the one sort of uh, non-toxic masculine thing that happens in the movie. But is, that's oddly painted as like a moment of heroism for him, where he's well, like it is, owning though. up to how well, think about bad it, though, like, he is, but then he gets... Re- like, he gets redeemed anyway, which is bullshit. But, like, that is the one time at which he does not succumb to his worst impulses. And he actually right. just says, like, yeah, you're right. I have been doing this. Yeah. Which, that, like, that's the one thing you can oh, say about him. And one of the issues I haven't even mentioned yet is how everyone in this movie enables him. His family enables him. His coworkers enable him. His friends yeah. enable him. And that was one of the things that I found absolutely chilling. Again, I can't not have the life experiences I've had and having been in a situ having lived through situations of abuse these things are not romantic <laughs> yeah um so when it comes to movies about anti-heroes we watched two other ones this year the beach bum and her smell mm-hmm. which are also about in those cases creative geniuses who are surrounded by people who enable them all the time and they basically get away with their bad behavior to a certain point to a certain point like, the grand scheme of things, the Beach Bum and, um, what's her name? Something something. Becky something. Becky something. They are Moondog. Surrounded- Moondog. Yeah, Moondog and Becky something. They are surrounded by people who indulge all of their various addictions, don't call them on their shit, and when, when they do get called on their shit, they have big uh, meltdowns, very Caviar Singh-esque. But the movie portrays this as being out of the ordinary, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like, the Beach Bum universe is a little bit... You know, counter to ours, where some guy who is a poet can also be married to Isla Fisher and super rich. <laughs> like that's that doesn't happen. I know poets. <laughs> it's it's weird. But he goes around. He steals from people. He hurts people. But his attitude kind of works. And also, you realize that this is kind of like a nihilistic fantasy, not mm-hmm. unlike Spring Breakers, the prior movie by that director, Harmony Korine. Harmony Korine, who can do this sort of thing in his sleep. And her smell is showing the fall from grace of a Courtney-esque style... um, Courtney Love. Courtney Love uh, style singer uh, who, yeah, is surrounded by people who are too afraid of her, really, to stop her from indulging her worst impulses. But she kind of comes to a state of grace at the end. Um, But to be an anti-hero, you have to go against society, Mm -hmm. right? And when society, in the form of the movie that you've made entirely agrees with everything you've done you're not an anti-hero you just lived in a up society yeah yeah no i think i think so if this is a reflection of a society that sucks that's really bad yeah i yeah i don't i i don't i don't uh, personally subscribe to that idea of society though i have a i have a hard time i have a hard time seeing the value in this film but you know, like I said, everyone is entitled to their own opinion, and I, I don't think that anyone who... I mean, I think people who go out of their way to 
argue with people who don't like this film. I get another hobby, but I I I think like it's if you like it, that's that's a lot of people do. It's the you know it. it probably be one of the highest grossing Bollywood films of the year. A lot of people vote conservative too and I also think they suck. So yeah. Next movie. Uh, oh and what, <laughs> what, what a palate <laughs> cleanser from Kabir Singh. Um, our next film is Article 15 directed by Anubhav Singha starring Ayushman Khurana. Uh, I love this movie Matt. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing it. You know, of of my top five favorite Hindi language things this year, four out of the five of them, which are Gully Boy, Santeria, Made in Heaven, and Delhi Crime, and now Article 15, four out of the five of them deal with sexual violence and sexual assault. No one's going to accuse you of only liking movies about nice things. (laughs) No. Uh, But I, you know, and while I think to a certain extent that's sad, I also think... Um, that that's notable that that you know the, that we're having this conversation that Indian cinema is having this conversation and I think it's very important. Well, it's uh, almost like the seventies, right? Like rape revenge pictures, right? That was talking about something in society at the time, mm-hmm. and you could point back to it and say, "Well, why was this happening?" Or um, slasher movies and the insistence mm-hmm. on like teens having sex and the final girl. These are reflections of a society that yeah. is dealing with things. Yeah, this is more of it in kind of like a prestige drama space. I mm-hmm. think most of these, I would call that. Um, There's and, a conversation I, being had. And though. I and I wouldn't say any of these these films or TV shows are exploiting the idea of sexual violence or sexual assault or objectifying it. I, I think they're actually trying to have. Um, some serious... Mere support definitely objectified yeah, it. for sure. But I think, you know, these four that I'm talking about are having some serious conversations. And, and Article 15 um, really, really blew me away. Ayush Marakrana plays a city cop who is sent to rural India. I believe it's Uttar Pradesh. He's a Brahmin, isn't he? Yeah. Cast does factor, factor into it. Um, so he is sent to a small town, and kind of pretty soon after he arrives, uh, two women are found hanging from a tree. Um, they've been executed and possibly gang raped. Mm. Uh, there is a third young girl who is missing. Uh, through his investigation, Karana finds out that these young women um, who were I, I believe cousins um, had asked for like a three rupee raise for the manual labor, which he refers they, to as being a glass of water, basically yeah, in the grand scheme of things. Exactly. Um, so they'd asked for a three rupee raise for the manual labor that they, um, you know, that that they're that that they do for their job, and <laughs> because of asking for this raise, this has been their punishment and and this is a message to you know everyone else in the town that they have to stay in their place um the title in the film article 15 refers to the indian constitution specifically the place where it prohibits discrimination on the grounds of religion race caste sex uh or place of birth and caste um is a because they're lower issue and topic in this film exactly because they're lower class they're you know they're of the the untouchable class the working class um, 
and the people that have, you know, abused them and murdered them are of a higher caste. Um, oh, this film is so, so well shot. There's some incredible night for night photography. Does it take place in it's, modern day? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's uh it's really it's a really gripping, interesting, tight thriller. Um there's a lot of politics at play, so there's kind of like a um there's a there's a group of um kind of protesters uh kind of made up of the lower castes uh who essentially like their leader has to has to go into hiding hmm. um who are trying to advocate um for the rights of the lower caste. And at some point, you know, there's all this political stuff with them trying to um, create these bridges between the higher castes and the lower castes and having, like, you know, these, like, unity events. Um, Meanwhile, Ayushman Karana is trying to find this third girl who's missing and, like... How's he? Stop... Stop the, like, the police that he's working with from kind of covering up what's actually happened yeah they don't you know so like he has to he has to kind of get the the coroner who's not the regular coroner she's like the coroner's assistant um to like actually file the proper Hmm. uh the proper paperwork of of her findings instead of listening to you know kind of what she's been told to do sure uh how's karana i use my karana is fantastic she doesn't (laughs) often do dramas like this no, but he's always throwing himself behind important social issues. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I mean, I would say, I guess Anda Dune was kind of like a black comedy. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, he's he's fantastic. There's there's so much going on in this film. The lower cast is at uh, the lower cast at one point are on strike, and you kind of see how the the town falls into disrepair, especially the um, police station. Uh, yeah, there's just like there's a lot of important social issues worth discussing in this film, but none of it feels like um, a message movie. It's not vegetables. No, it doesn't feel like eating your vegetables. It's it's an engrossing thriller that yeah. that has something to say. It has something on its mind. Yeah, I wanted um, to see that, but it came out like last week, and I haven't been able to go yet. Yeah, I I'm really looking forward to to having a, a deeper conversation about this film because I really feel like I've only uh, scratched the surface, um, and I can't believe this is from the director of Raw One. <laughs> I can. Raw One had a lot to say about. Uh, Video game people. <laughs> no, this is not a good joke. I'm going to keep it in anyway. Uh, so, what are you excited about coming up? Oh, Commando Three! Shit, really? Yeah. Commando Three not this year? <laughs> Hell yeah! yeah. Uh, Super Thirty. That looks interesting. It's directed by Vikas Ball. Yeah, someone talk about toxic masculinity. You got Vikas Ball in the mix. I was excited for Judgmental High Kaya until Kangana Ranawit. I, I don't Starts know. Starts being an asshole. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Batla House looked okay. Saho looks awesome. Not a Hindi film, but uh, very excited to see that one. And oh, I am excited for... Um, Chikori? Chikori, yeah. That's the space one, isn't it? With Nitish Tawari and Sushant Singh Raj. But no, it, it's like... Um, I mean, I don't really know what it is, but it seems to be like, like a family uh, dramedy type thing. Cool. What is the Cypher Lee Khan? There it is. Lao Kaptan. That looks... Good. I'm bleeping that one too. <laughs> so many bleeps. Yeah, I, I'm excited for that film. Um, Aishwarya Karana is in another movie. 
Mm-hmm. That could be good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, we've, we haven't seen much of the stuff coming down the pipeline. Oh, Sanakshi Sinha is doing a film about a sex clinic. That could be good. Interesting. Um, yeah. Yeah, we don't... I don't... Not everything's been announced, which yeah, is... Yeah, we don't know odd. yet what we're looking forward to. Uh, Mission Mangal is the space film. Okay, yeah. That looks interesting. Yeah, the poster for that's pretty funny. Cause... It's like a giant Akshay Kumar and a bunch of other people. <laughs> and a bunch of, like, tiny women. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah... Commando this... 3. I Commando now, 3. Now I'm excited to go to the movies in September because Commando 1 and 2... Four stars each. Yeah. The Sky is Pink, the new film from Shanali Bose uh, with Priyanka Chopra for an actor and Zari Mwasem. It's based on a uh, on a true story. That could be good. I'm excited to see Priyanka Chopra again. Houseful 4, another Ooh. return to the house that the house that won't quit. Another Ayushman Karana. He's going to be in Bala. A prequel to Boot, maybe? Vicky <laughs> Koshal and Budni Panikar? I don't know. Boot wasn't scary at all. There's Aishman Karana again in Bala. Yeah, and Debong 3. So We gotta watch all the other Debongs and get ready for that one, it. I think. Also, Chrissy San and, and um Dilji Deshange have a film. That could be good. Hmm. Yeah, it's like I don't know. I'm I'm terrible at speculating like about future films because all I really have are names. Yeah. Um and maybe posters. I think people who only watch Western movies would be surprised by the quick turnaround of hearing about a movie and it coming out for Hindi films. Yeah. Because you could often, it, it'll maybe be like two months before a movie comes out and you'll just start seeing the trailer. Yeah. And that's it. As opposed to, we know every Disney movie that's coming out for the next three years or so. Yeah. So I think we want to thank all of our listeners who um, kind of responded to our uh, question of what what you've been liking so far this year. Gully Boy, big hit, except for one person who didn't like it. And uh, Ekladki, also. Ekladki, yeah. People yeah, like also that a big hit. And like, that being on Netflix seems very smart. Yeah, I I can't disagree. Both of those films are well worth checking out. Hopefully, Santeria... Uh, will be available soon. So yeah, I really want to watch it again. How good that is. Hopefully, Article 15 has a quick turnaround on streaming. Or stays in theaters long enough for me to go get it. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to see what the second half of the year has. But, you know, despite some people saying, like, oh, it's been it's been weak, I think there's some, some movies really worth getting excited about. There movies that I've gotten excited about. I think there isn't a... Big auteur movie. I guess your Sandy Vanga is an auteur in that he's made the same movie twice. Sancharia, Abhishek Chobe. Yeah, but like nothing on the scale of a Bonsali. Nothing on the scale of a Bonsali or that kind of thing. Zoya actor, I guess, an auteur. But arguably, um, you know, the TV show is probably a bigger social thing for her. Maybe. But like nothing on the scale of a Padmavat or that kind of like a huge touchstone movie. and also, Saho, I think, is going to deflate the uh, Hindi film industry again, because it looks great. And the, there's nothing action-wise that looks that epic. Yeah. But, I mean, maybe this year, it's, you know, maybe the winners from this year will not be, you know, kind of big, big spectacles. You know, maybe the winners from this year will be more human stories, like we see in in Gully Boy and Ekladki and Santeria and Article 15, these movies that I think um, have a lot to say. Actually, Kumar's probably got a few more biopics or something. There's <laughs> got to be some other people from Indian history he could portray. Mission Mungo. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, I think that brings us to the end of this episode, Matt. We will be back in two weeks, and uh, I'm excited about our next episode. 
Yeah, what is it? Do you remember what it is? No. Uh, We're going to be doing uh, movies about angry women getting even. Yeah, suck it, Sandy Fanger. Okay, that is not what I was saying, but... That's what I said. uh, So we're going to be looking at Gulab Gang, Akira, and Mom. Uh, I think this will be fun. Lady Revenge. Lady Revenge, or like Lady Fighting Injustice. Ladies be angry. Yeah. Uh, in the meantime, Matt, how can people cope with the show? Well, you can find us on Tumblr, ballwhoitisforlovers.tumblr.com. The only uh, site to have survived the porno uh, purges of uh, Tumblr <laughs> is us. We're, we're still there because um, it's cheap and easy to use. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also have a Twitter, at BollywoodPod. I'm there, too, at Matt underscore B-O-W-E-S. I'm there at Erin E. Fraser, E-R-N-E-F-R-A-S-E-R. Look us up on Facebook. Easy. Facebook.com slash Bollywood is for lovers. If you're a fan of the show, please consider leaving us a review and star rating on Apple Podcasts. Uh, we haven't had any new reviews in a while, and if we get any, we'll read them out. Makes us so sad. No one wants any Biffle coin. Yeah, you can. <laughs> points. Biffle points. They're coins and points. <laughs> uh, yeah, you can yell at us about all the reasons why you loved Kabir Singh, and we'll read that out if you want. Uh, or you can give us five stars. Yeah, that would be better. Uh, you could do both. <laughs> while you're at all the podcasts, you can subscribe to my other show that I do with Paul Matwichak called Trash Art and the Movies. We are approaching our 300th episode. Amazing. So there's so much there if you would like to hear me ramble on and misremember the plots of films more. Uh, In and, English, no less. <laughs> and uh, we want to give a shout out to uh, Becca Dalkey who designed our artwork. Yeah. The beautiful dog. The best boy. 